Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is? It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on The Cardinals win! The Cardinals are coming. Morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley is not here. She has made her way to Nashville, Tennessee where she's visiting her parents over the course of the holiday weekend. So, Carrie Davis, Randy Carriker, Matthew Rocchio, we work. We uh-huh. we grind. Yeah, we're working today for we, sure. We are. We're here till 11. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh. Because Brooke isn't the only one taking a day oh, off. Oh, CD, the, the iron horse <laughs> is taking a day off in the 10 o'clock hour. I've never seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> we are working today. Yeah, yeah we uh, are. We're going to be in here. Yeah. <laughs> Here's yeah. what we got coming up <laughs> on this Memorial Day weekend Friday. Jay Delsing will be with us at the bottom of this hour. Our buddy Chip Carey will join 815 from Cleveland, where the Cardinals play the Indians tonight. One of our great friends, Mike Johnson from Sugar Fire and High Point and Chicken Out, is going to talk Memorial Day barbecuing for us at 9 o'clock. So if you come up with any questions about how to properly barbecue this weekend, send them in, and we'll ask Mike about that. A few years ago, I had Mike Johnson on, and I said, look, the only thing I want to do in the whole segment, you just teach me how to make the perfect burger. Mm -hmm. He gave me the perfect instructions and Ever since, I have been able to make spectacular burgers at home. I need to hear that. I'm looking forward to that segment because yeah. I, I do want, I would like to get on the grill a little, a little bit this weekend and uh, put some things together. But yeah. I, I do want a professional's uh, opinion and advice as to, as to how to make it the best that it can be. You'll love Mike. Yes. He's as good as it gets. We're also going to talk soccer with uh, MLS Season Pass broadcaster Max Britos. He'll be on the call for... St. Louis City SC and the Vancouver Whitecaps tomorrow night. And then with the NASCAR race here in St. Louis, the Enjoy Illinois 300, only a week away, we're going to talk to Chris Blair, Executive Vice President General Manager over at Worldwide Technology Raceway. So a busy show coming up for you on the heels of a Cardinals 2-1 win over the Reds yesterday at the So-So American Ballpark. The Cardinals and Reds Great call pitching. It the devil's lair from here on out. Yeah, it yeah. kind of is. Yeah. It, well, if, if you're the Reds, I mean, yeah. they've never really won well, there. I mean, yeah. true. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. yeah. So, for everyone. It's, it's got to be pretty bad for them, too. Uh, this game was really interesting. Miles Michaelis was fantastic, and Luke Weaver was really good. Bottom of the sixth, and Cincinnati's uh, Max Friedel leads off with a hit, gets singled to third base, and then John India, Jonathan India, hit into a fielder's choice, and here's what happened. 
Ground ball toward third. They're coming home. Throw is going to be perfect. In a tight game, how about the nerves of Brendan Donovan? Didn't panic, caught it through a strike, and easy pick into the plate to take care of Friedel for the first out. Brendan Donovan with a nice play, by the way. Alec Burleson was playing first. And I don't know if you noticed, but the, the crowd there, that was in Cincinnati mm. where everybody was cheering yeah. Donovan throwing Friedel yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, that's intriguing. When you're, when you're the road team and you have more fans there than the home team, that has to stink as a player for that ball club. No doubt about it. And the Cardinal fans traveling despite the struggles early on. So we go to a bottom or a top of the eighth. The game is scoreless. Andrew Kisner strikes out. Orlando Mercado fouls out. And you've got two out before nude singles. And Nolan Gorman, the incredible, amazing Nolan Gorman, steps in. Smack down the line. Fair ball. That's in the corner. Gorman, Gorman stole third. Nolan Gorman stole third, set himself up for the next play. Did he go? Ball gets away. Here comes Gorman. He's going to score. The ball gets away again. And the Cardinals have him first and third on a check swing miss. Thank you. It's 2 to nothing. Giovanni Gallegos win an inning in a third. He allowed a run in the ninth, but the Reds couldn't catch up, and the Cardinals win it by a score of 2-1. to one. A magnificent performance for Miles Michaelis, who went seven shutout innings, allowed five hits, didn't walk anybody, and struck out five. And neither Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt played for Ali Marmol in this game. Yeah, it is big. Um, you get an enjoy a win, and then all those guys... Uh we weren't using them today. They were in turfs. Um, they weren't going to come in a pinch hit. They had a full day off. They deserve it. And uh, to get a win without them in there, the other guys stepped up, and it worked out. It yeah, sure did. It did. I mean, you, you, we talked about it. We played the lineup game yesterday, trying to figure out who in the world was in this lineup. You talk, We called it a getaway day, and a getaway lineup, and they performed well. I mean, you – but that's what happens when you start to win games. When This team would not have won that game two, three, four weeks ago. No. They would have they would have stunk it up. It would have been bad because it's just it's just how sports go. When you start winning, you start to feel like you're gonna find ways to win. You don't clutch the ball a little bit harder when you're Brendan Donovan throwing it home. You yeah. make those plays because you have confidence and you're comfortable, you know, in, in how the events are going to turn out. So this team is playing extremely well. Nolan Gorman, Randy, I, I don't know, do you think he's gonna be a a, a an all star this year? He's- yeah, he, he's, he's one of the league leaders in RBIs. And OPS, he's up there. He's performing extremely well, and I'm excited for him. I'm excited for this Cardinals team. Miles Michael is giving you seven innings when you know how stretched the bullpen has been over the last couple of days, how taxed they've been, especially with Matt's and, and his start yesterday, uh, two days ago. It's just – it's. It's all t- starting to come together, and that, that's the Cardinals team that we expect to, to see coming into this season. How aware of the necessity for him going long innings was Miles Michaelis? Bullpen, you know, got used pretty heavy yesterday, so, you know, that's the kind of the first thing I think about is, uh, you know, helping my, my guys down there in the bullpen um, try to lighten their load, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm always, you know, overconfident in, in all of our players no matter who's in there uh, but it's a, it's a long season if you can have a good outing um, you know when you got your MVP taking a break and you know your your 10 time gold glover taking a break um, but we got you know we got gold glove caliber defense all over the diamond even when they're even when they're not in there so it's um, 
you know, you see it, but it's not something that I ever think about. But it sure worked out. If he wasn't thinking about it, he sure wound up doing the perfect thing for the ball club. He did. And and here's the thing, Randy. We we talked about this yesterday with the whole Libertor situation, right? Initially, he was going to be in the bullpen. Oh, nope, he's going to get a start in Cleveland. Ah, nope, Matt's didn't perform well. He's probably going to have to be in the bullpen. Nope, he's going to start. And I told you all what that was, Ali talking to his guys. He had a conversation with Miles Michaelis. What can you give us tomorrow? Yep. Skip, I got you. I got you. And the conversation, I'm telling you, the interaction was, okay, I believe you. I trust Mm -hmm. you. Matthew, you're going to start on Friday. And it's those type of conversations that you have with your players. It's that type of confidence that you can instill in your players and the trust. And that goes both ways. I have to trust you as a coach. You have to trust me as a player. And so when you're able to do that, like I said, this team, Miles Michaelis' performance yesterday, he is really starting to pick up his his play, and I'm excited about this team and what they're doing. The Cubs were crushed by the Mets 10-1, to and the Giants blanked the Brewers 5 nothing. So right now in the NL Central, and I'm going to give you the standings. I'm going to give you a little story before uh, after I give you the standings. So uh, Brewers lead the Cardinals by 5. The Pirates are a game and a half behind the Brewers. The Cubs are 4.5, so the Cardinals are a half game behind the Cubs in the standings, and now... Two and a half behind, I'm sorry, three and a half behind the Pirates. I used to do this with Tony Larusa when his team was under 500. And a, a situation like this, I said, man, you could be in first place in a week, five games back. He said, why are you looking at the standings? <laughs> well, you're five games back. He's, don't even look at the standings until we're 500. Don't even look at the standings until we're 500. Then you work on being plus five, plus 10. Don't bother with the standings until we're 500. Yeah. So, even though I give you the standings, Tony would tell you, don't bother until you get to 500. The Cardinals, 23 and 29, they're still a, a ways away yeah. from getting to 500. They are, but the, I mean, they, they're winners of their last eight, 13 of their last 18 games. And if you're the Cardinals, you have to be confident. You have to start to feel that confidence in that clubhouse that things are turning or have turned. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a month ago, a month and a half ago, we would have been, we, we just would have known that this was not going to perform. This team was not going to perform at that level. But they have figured some things out, and everyone is doing their job. Andrew Kisner had two hits yesterday. They all are playing extremely well. You gave me a fun fact about Andrew Kisner that I had no no idea about. What was he when he, when yeah. he was coming up? Cardinals drafted him as a, a slugging third baseman. He, he was a good college <laughs> hitter. And I remember talking to people in the Cardinals organization that were working with him at the minor league level and texting with them. This was before he came up. He was still at double A. And they said, yeah, he's he's a really good hitter, but I don't know if he'll ever be a catcher. I yeah. don't know if he can handle a pitching staff or play solid defensive behind defensively behind the plate. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, he hits 200 and he's, yeah. he, he's, <laughs> he's a really, a really good, good defensive good catcher. catcher. Yeah. Pretty so amazing. everyone is, is doing their job at a high level right now. And it's, I can tell you the difference in that clubhouse is night and day from when they were losing when everything was going poorly to now i'm sure they're having music they're having fun the conversations are different when you're losing randy miserable it is miserable because you you're trying to find a way out and you and don't play music <laughs> you're just sitting in there in your own misery yep. everyone is trying to figure out man what the hell are we doing yeah, here yeah it's bad why is this happening yep. and now they're having fun so 
Yeah, that, it goes hand in hand. Stanley Cup playoffs last night. Dallas stayed alive. Joe Pavelski with an overtime goal, and uh, the Stars knocked off the Golden Knights 3 2. Vegas still leads that series three games to one. And another nice game for Jason Tatum as the Celtics hammered the Heat 110 97. It really wasn't that close. The Heat still lead the series three games to two, but they're probably shaking in their boots a little bit now. I don't think so. Uh, you had Gabe Vincent out yesterday for the Heat. He was he hurt his ankle, tw- twisted his ankle in uh, game five. Uh, in game four. And so I think he'll be back. I think he'll be okay. This Heat team is, is I, I don't want to say they have the Celtics right where they want them, but I don't worry about the Heat at all. They just got to play defense. And when they play defense and turn up defensively, they are hard to beat. And it's really just a, a mindset for them. They weren't locked in for this game. Jimmy Butler was kind of had a had a coy smile on the sideline like, man, they got us this one. But And he said it. We're, we're going to win this series. There's a great documentary from the 2004 American League Championship Series. And Kevin Millar on camera with the Red Sox down 3-0 says, don't let us win a game. Yeah. Don't let us win a game yeah. because then you never know. Yeah. And they wound up winning a game. Then they win the second game. Then they win the third. And then they win the fourth. And I, Jason Tatum is just that sort of player. He had 21 last night. But I just think that he's that sort of player where you don't give him an opening. On a side note, the Cardinals had no chance in that series when they got They here. were steamrolled. When you come back from 0-3, you have no chance yep. to beat that team. They are flying high. Yeah. It was just... Poor timing for the Cardinals that year. And the the Cardinals win game seven against Houston, fly into Boston, and Boston didn't have hotel room to set aside for the opposition. (laughs) So the Cardinals had to stay like 75 minutes outside of Boston in a hotel. And then they get to their hotel and there's nothing to eat. There's no food. The Cardinals... Some people will tell you that that might have been set up by the Red Sox. So the Cardinals were just... Gamesmanship. Yeah. So they were... They were out of sorts, let's put it that way, to start that series and then made a couple of errors. Yeah, they were they were steamrolled. Yeah. And that, <laughs> whoever, if, if Houston would have won that game against the Cardinals game seven, they would have been steamrolled too. Yeah. If ever there was a team of destiny, it was yes. the 0-4 Red Sox. Yes. Right? Uh, so we're off and running here on 101 ESPN. Next up, CD and Randy. Brooke is out today. Matthew is here. What do the Cardinals need to do between now and the London trip, which is a couple of weeks away, to convince you that they're a playoff team? That's coming your way on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. May 26th, in about four weeks, the Cardinals will make their way to London. They'll have two days off on June 22nd and 23rd before playing the Cubs two games in London. Between now and then, however, the Cardinals have a weekend series against the Guardians at Cleveland. It'd be nice to sweep that one. Then they have two against the Royals here, Memorial Day and then Tuesday. And then on Wednesday next week, the Cardinals will have the day off. That is the, as Boomer Esiason used to call it, the 31th. Uh, (laughs) And then after that, uh, actually back-to-back days off. Next Wednesday and Thursday, they have back-to-back days off. A trip to Pittsburgh in Texas, another day off. Home games against the Reds for three and the Giants for three. Then they go to New York for three and Washington for three. So what do the Cardinals need to do at six games under 500 CD to convince you that they are 
postseason worthy, that they're going to be in the playoff hunt, what, are, what do you think they need to do between now and the time they play the Cubs in London on June 24th? For me, it's going to go with pitching. I need to see what I saw from Miles Michaelis yesterday. I need to see more of that. Specifically, I'm talking about Jordan Montgomery and Steven Matz. I, I think when you're looking at what Jack Flaherty has done, he, he's starting to – he has turned the corner. He's done a pretty good job. Miles Michaelis yesterday. I'm really excited about Matthew Libertor and what he can provide. Adam Wainwright, as we've said time and time again, he's probably your fourth or fifth starter. So five and two-thirds, if you can get us six innings, that's a wonderful thing. That's a blessing. But Stephen Matz and Jordan Montgomery, one of those two, and I think it's going to be Jordan Montgomery, but those two, Stephen Matz is 0 for what is it, 0 for 5, 0, 0 and 5 this season? Yeah, with Jordan, 10 starts without a win. Without a win. 0, 0 and 5 or 0 and 6. And then Jordan Montgomery has not won a game since April 8th. They have the Cardinals have lost eight of his last starts, the last eight mm-hmm. of his starts. So those two have to figure out a way to go deeper in the game. And and for Jordan Montgomery, it's been both of them. It's been some bad luck. You get an error by by Paul Goldschmidt. You don't yeah. expect that. Matt's got an error by uh, Nolan Arenado. You, those aren't things that you expect. But when you're not performing well, it just feels like everything goes poorly. I'm like you, but. I'm still hoping that Jack Flaherty can come through. I, I'm hoping that you can have a big three of Michaelis, Flaherty, Montgomery. That's a big if to ask Jack to be what he was before he mm-hmm. was injured. And I'm not I'm not talking about the second half of 2019, right. Jack. I'm talking about the start of 2021, Jack. And then Montgomery just to be what he was after the Cardinals got him last year. If, if he can do that, then I'll feel good. But the other thing the Cardinals need to do to convince me that they're a playoff team. And not that they're going to win in the playoffs. But, Kerry, for years, the Cardinals have taken advantage of being able to beat up on the teams like the Pirates and the Reds, playing them yeah. 18 games a year. Now you only get those 14 games a year. Well, Cleveland is really struggling this weekend. If you don't sweep Cleveland, you've got to take two out of three. You've got to take a couple from the Royals, who are even worse than the Cardinals, and have been for the whole season. Then you go to Pittsburgh, and despite my protestations that the Pirates would be can the we world play? champions. Can we find that? When uh, Anthony said, uh, uh, Anthony, Randy said yep. that the Pittsburgh, I was going to say Ranthony. World, and, yeah, world champion <laughs> Randy Pirates. said they were going to be the world champion Pittsburgh Pirates. He was. <laughs> that was an intriguing comment. You're, you're pushing. You're going to uh, pull back a little bit from that. Yeah, they're only 25 and 24 now. <laughs> so I'm not going with that. So you got to take two out of three, if not three, in Pittsburgh. The Rangers are one of the best teams in baseball right now. And so if you go to Texas and you only win one, that's fine. Then you get the Reds here. You just split with the Reds, but you should take two out of three. You get the Giants here. You should take two out of three from the Giants. You go to New York. Even though they're struggling, the Mets are still better than you are, so you take one there. And then you take two out of three or sweep against the Nationals. Hopefully get to 500 before you go to Chicago. But for me, more than the record, carry, I'm with you. Get, and I asked Ali Marmol about this yesterday, get the starting pitching to kick in so that you have a reasonable expectation going into most games of what you're going to get from your starter and how that starter can protect your bullpen. Definitely. And and the lineup has been stellar. They they are coming together. You got Nolan Gorman, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt. You expect those guys to do their job. Wilson Contreras, I'm excited about the lineup. It's the pitching for me and even the back end of the lineup. You got Paul DeYoung is, is doing a great job. Um, and so I just need to see that starting pitching perform mm-hmm. better, specifically Mats and Jordan Montgomery. Because those Jordan Montgomery, at one point, we thought he might be the ace of this staff. Yeah. And right now, he's probably 
I mean, is he is he the third or the fourth at this moment he's right now? Still, well, he's behind Wayno, right? He's so behind, that would he, make him four. Yeah. So he's ahead uh, of Stephen Matz. Yeah. Uh, he. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Libertori. Yeah. He's knocking on the door as yeah, well. Right. So I want to point this out too, and this goes back to it being a long season, and we're talking about what the Cardinals need to do going up to late June. Carry in July. The Cardinals have two against the Yankees here. Mm-hmm. They're, they've got three at Miami. They've got three at the White Sox, who are horrible, although they played better lately. They've got three at home against Washington. They've got three at home against Miami. They go to Chicago for four. By the way, uh, they, the last time they see Chicago is in July. They're at Arizona, and Arizona is better this year. And then they've got th- uh, four against the Cubs. The Cardinals... If they're healthy and if they're what they're supposed to be, they should actually clean up in July. Yeah. That should be the month that sets them apart from the rest of their division. Well, they, I mean, you're looking at the end of this uh, before the All Star break. Those last three series, they should be able to take care of business in those as well, correct? Yeah, right. No doubt. Or the last two series. They, I mean, it, it should be an opportunity for them to be as close as possible to 500 and. As you said, when they get back from the All-Star break, that should be the thing that propels them uh, to to being the division leader and, and, and really expanding that lead in that division. By the way, the White Sox have won 7 of 10, but they're kind of like the Cardinals. Even though they've been hot lately, they're still 10 games under 500. But they're only six games out of the lead in their division. Cardinals are five games out, and we're talking about how excited we are. The White Sox are six games out in their division, so they might not disassemble that team as quickly as some of us would have thought. Yeah, that's what Greg was saying yesterday, right? He thought that they were ready to uh, disassemble. Detonate is what he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I could see that happening. Yeah. And maybe the Cardinals can be the, uh, the, the ones that help get that fire going for them. The other thing that is abundantly clear about the Cardinals, and this is with yesterday notwithstanding, and I thought it was interesting that Ali said Arnado and Goldie were not going to play. They were in sneakers yesterday. But if the Cardinals have those two going, they're going to score a bunch of runs. Mm-hmm. and some, Especially when you have a guy like Matt's the way he's been performing, or Montgomery the way he's been performing, and they need to per- the hitters need to perform better for Jordan for Jordan Montgomery. But if Goldie and Arenado are going, the rest of it really doesn't even matter because they just score so much they yeah. bludgeon the opposition. You mentioned something yesterday about Goldschmidt batting in the two hole. Were you not a fan of that? Not you, a fan. You, you would rather see him in the three hole. Yeah, I'm more of a traditionalist. Him and him and, him and Gorman flip. Yeah. I, I kind of like Gorman being in between the two the, of them. The lefty between those yeah. two? Yeah, and, and it's, I mean, he's hitting as well yeah. as, as anybody, so I don't have an issue with it. I I, I did like knowing that Gorman, uh, that, that Goldie and, and Arenado were back-to-back last year, but with the way that Gorman is performing, I'm actually not too, you know, too bothered by him being in between the two if of them. If everything was going like it should or could go, my ideal scenario would be... Newt Barr or Edmund, Newt Barr or Edmund second, mm-hmm. Goldie third, Gorman fourth, Arenado fifth. So you got the table setters mm-hmm. like what we grew up with, yeah. right? With Vincent yeah. Willie or yep. Vincent Ozzy, uh, and, and then and then after those, you, you get the guys that clean the table. You, right. You've you've got Goldie Arenado or Goldie Gorman Arenado. That would be something. And the way that Tommy Edmond has performed. I was just about to say yep. that. Yeah. And, he, and, he's performing well. And Newt Barr. Yep. You put those two up at the top of the lineup, and then all of a sudden you got those guys running wild. Mm-hmm. It, it would it could really be something. You yeah. could score a ton of runs. Yeah. You, you would, and they're, they're scoring runs at a great pace right now. But if you had those two. I, I didn't. I've never. 
I mean, I, I understand the mindset of it, having the nine-hole hitter be your second, you know, leadoff hitter, so mm-hmm. to speak. But I, I just wasn't – I've never been a fan of that. I mean, if you move Tommy Edmond up and he's performing as well as he has so far, you put him in one or two, like you said, you got those big fellas coming up to the lineup, coming up to plate. It's going to be a lot of more runs scored. No doubt. And then yeah. you have Hannes Wagner hitting sixth. Or you got Wilson Contreras hitting Contreras hit sixth. sixth and Hannes hit seventh. Hit seventh. Wow! Wow! He's yeah. <laughs> how do you put him that low in the in the in the batting order? Oh, wow. And then what do you do? You do Carlson when he well? Yeah, Carlson hitting eighth. Eight. Who's nine? Whoever's in left field. Donnie Donovan. baseball. There's your there's, there's, a, there's another there you go yeah, that's a second leadoff hitter See, now, we just hit is, it this is why I have to be Eeyore because oh, you guys can over there you go. guys concoct a Cardinals rota- uh, offense that's going to score eight runs eight per runs game yep. and mm-hmm. I have to come in here and be Eeyore and just tamp it down a little bit why what happened oh, no. hit sunshine and lollipops <laughs> yeah, sunshine we even got him going positive that Brandon let me tell you something that's probably the best thing we've done this week. Yep. And we can get Rock to be on a positive note before the week. It, and it's a three-day weekend. Three-day weekend coming if up. we can get Rock to leave here on a positive note, we've done our work for the week. Yeah. Our best stuff for Monday's already done. I'm, I'm, I'm on the weekend, baby. You, th- you think our bosses are up yet? You think you should tell them what we do? So here's, here's CD. This is what CD and I were talking about yesterday. This is with all knowledge that they pay us to talk about sports. Okay? But on Fridays, we get out of here at 10, okay? Yeah. A holiday weekend. Think about this. Holiday weekend, you get out of here at 10, you fly someplace, mm-hmm. right? So you got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, take yeah. Tuesday off. You got a vacation. Yeah, take a whole one vacation day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Coming up next, Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. The smartest way. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber says, St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One, two, three, four! Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio, Brooke Grimsley is out today. She'll rejoin us on Tuesday, spending the holiday weekend with family in Tennessee. We go to the Celebrity Line now, and our buddy Jay Delsing joins us. Golf with Jay Delsing every Sunday morning here on 101 ESPN. Jay, good morning. How are you doing? Uh, good morning, boys. I'm doing just fine. Hey, I got a question for you. Did you see the Michael Block shot off the bridge yesterday? <laughs> I did. Uh, yeah, man, it's just a crazy where the ball goes sometimes. Have you ever hit one off of a bridge or a cart path? Oh, yeah, yeah. Not many off bridges, but uh, <laughs> lots off cart paths before. You know, growing up as a caddy at Norwood really kind of um, 
helped train me for that because we would get uh, a little too much time on our hands and do a lot of um, interesting things over there on Mondays and, and when, when play was slow. So we hit lots of shots off a of cart pass and things like that. Hey, what about like when you uh, when you're playing on the gravel at those Arizona courses? Yeah, you know what we used to do, Randy, is we would we like oftentimes we would play uh, Tucson and Phoenix back to back, and for those of us that didn't hit our driver all that straight, we would designate <laughs> a, a desert club early in the early in the in the week. And so, if you hit it in the desert, you were always hitting that same club out of there, so you only barked up one of them. Nice. It was usually it was usually my six iron, yeah, and, and I'd have to get a six iron replaced every year. <laughs> Good play. <laughs> Jay, I, we were talking about Michael Block, and he had a, a great day at the PGA Championship, great weekend, and then he goes out and shoots an 81. Can you just talk about the highs and lows that golf provides people? Oh, man. Well, just the players itself. I mean, every week on the PGA Tour, guys, you're going to see somebody go from you know middle 60s to middle 70s, and that 10-shot difference is, is oh, excruciating. I mean, you you'll go one day where the ball goes you know almost everything your your putting goes in the hole and the next day it's like you're putting a beach ball into a thimble, you know it just rolls around the edges and things like that. And for Michael Block, I, I mean this is a big ask. Here's a guy that um, doesn't doesn't compete regularly, and just had I don't even know how to describe what kind of PGA Championship he had, and topping it off with that hole in one on 15 you know, at Oak Hill, and then making that great par at 18, because 18 is just a really hard hole, all in front of Rory McIlroy as your playing partner. I mean, guys, that, that I, I, he did stuff that I didn't, I really didn't think you'd see uh, um, a PGA, um, you know, a club pro do. And then to come down to, to um, uh, go to Colonial, and, and, and you know, he just kind of came back down to earth, I think. It's it's really tough, Garrett. You know, some he, he was in some sort of zone up at Rock Hill. I mean, at uh, Oak Hill, that I think when the dust settles, it's going to be even more astounding to him. I mean, it was so storybook you couldn't you couldn't write it up any better. Yeah, Jay, we were trying to get him on with us, but we realized he was getting calls from Michael Jordan, and uh, <laughs> you know, one on one ESPN, Michael Jordan. Eh, you know, I, I, I told Rock if he calls me and Mike calls me, I'm probably going to decline Rock's call. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and boys, I'm in that I'm in that queue too. I'm trying to get him on my show. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey Jay, when we talk about how mercurial the game is, I always come back to Tiger and the 142 consecutive events where he made the cut. As impressive as the numbers are, with all of the tour wins and the majors wins, maybe the most impressive thing that Tiger did was make the cut 142 consecutive times. Oh, there's no question. Randy, I think the most cuts I ever made in my life was in a row was like 18 or something like that. And I felt like a conqueror. You know, I felt like I could go out there and everything was going well. 142 times to make the cut on the PGA Tour is, you know, you're you're not playing municipal golf courses. You're playing really, really challenging, demanding courses. And for him to do that, it just spoke to the how he was so mentally strong and so mentally prepped and was so far so much better than the rest of us. I don't think anything. I, I, I've had this conversation with a lot of guests on the show. If Tiger doesn't do what he did in 2009 around Thanksgiving and have this swoon of almost 10 years of whatever that was, 
we'd be looking at someone with 130 to 150 PGA Tour wins and probably 30 majors. Yeah, I, I really believe. I, I really believe that. I, I agree with you. And the, there was was so much fallout with the. You know, the addictions and those issues that came from getting whacked by the nine iron by Elon. There's absolutely no question in my mind either that he would he would be well over 100 tour victories. And I'm I'm not going to disagree with you there. Uh, He's at 15 now. Maybe he would be between 25 and 30 majors. You're right. Yeah, it's interesting. And so I was talking to Curtis Strange about this on the show, and he said, you know, it's, it's really not fair to Jack Nicholas when you start doing things like that, start making statements like that. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, Jack's number, nobody had anything pushed out there like that for Jack. You know, he, he, he got past Bobby Jones, you know, gosh, in, in his, I guess, really early in his career, in his early 30s. And so everything that Jack was adding on to that was just kind of um, um, – uh, icing on the cake and, and Curtis. And then um, one other, I think Tom Watson said, they think that if Jack would have been driven to do that, you know, if he would have been like Tiger or had a big number out there in front that they thought Jack might've had 25 or 30 as well. Wow. Hey, Jay Delsing, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Brooks Kepka here because he did win the, the PGA championship. I am intrigued though, by the selective memory of some of the golfers and not necessarily Brooks, but some of the other live guys who say, oh, we can all play. Nobody ever said they couldn't play, but Brooks Kepka admitted before the Masters that one of the reasons that he left for live was because he thought his injuries would prevent him from being what he has been in the majors so far this year. I, I think we need to point that out, that DeChambeau and Kepka essentially left because they thought they were too beat up to recover and play at a previous level. Randy, it's a, it's a huge point, and, I, and my hat's off to Kepka. First of all, what he did – the pressure that he put on himself, I'm not sure if you guys saw the interview with Amanda Renner on Saturday, but he basically said, I, I, I felt like I almost choked at Augusta. I gave it away. I will never do that again. And she said, well, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'm not giving away my secrets. But on national television, he basically put uh, more pressure on himself than I, I, I you know, that I would, I was, I would think he would have done. He goes out and he just absolutely, he birdies three of the first four holes on Sunday and grabs the championship by the throat and never let go. And I got to tell you what, I, I, I really take my hat off to him because that is not easy. But to your point, Randy, what we've, what we're seeing in the Tiger Woods era with all of the really, really fit golfers, although Brooks looks like he might've found a few pounds mm-hmm. now here and there, you know, but uh, you're seeing these fit golfers and you're seeing these ridiculous speeds that the guys are smashing the ball with. We have not, we don't have enough information and data to know what that's going to do to their careers. And I can tell you for sure that DeChambeau with all the craziness that he's been through, what he's put his body through and things like that. And then breaking that Emmett bone that he went to live because he felt like he was one swing away from, a, a career-ending injury. So it's not that the live guys can't play. It's just that all the other nonsense that goes, you know, it's really Phil Mickelson and, and Greg Norman. Yeah. I mean, these guys are just the, you know, they're crybabies. They're the smartest guys in the room. They want attention for attention's sake. It's like, dude, just play some golf and, and, and let, the, let your numbers and let your scores do the talking. 
Jay, did you see the uh, conversation between Scotty Scheffler and Tiger Woods where Scotty was asking him, why you, why don't you take divots? And Tiger was like, well, why do you? <laughs> like It's almost <laughs> like, well, you're, you're not supposed to do that, guy. And Scotty's like, well, everyone does except for you. What? How, how does Tiger Woods, how is he able to just be that pristine, that perfect in his golf swing? And, you know, the thing that most of us do when we go play golf is we, we take divots, and he's not doing that at all. Well, Kerry, when he was a younger guy, he took divots. I mean, he took sod farm. He started sod farms with some of those, <laughs> you know, with some of with the, he, he did. And, it, and if you remember, he had a, 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 um, a lot of trouble controlling his distances. And it's really about the angle of attack. So Tiger, and, and because of all the, the stuff that's happened to his body, he shallows out those irons just better than anybody else. I mean, he can stand there and hit balls off of the spot. You look down and you're like, I don't even know where he was hitting the balls from. The grass is just barely clipped. And that's that's really impressive. And when you look at a guy like Scotty Shepard, especially with Scotty's short irons, he's more of a gouger. So it's because Scotty has got a little more uprightness in the swing and he comes down straight down on top of the ball. And, and, and what's interesting about Scotty Shepard is that Every time he swings, I'm like, ooh, I don't think I like that. And the ball goes right next to the pin. Hmm. You know, because most of the time I watch these guys swing and try to see, is that ball going to fly the way they want it to just by, you know, watching their motion? Scotty's got that that trail leg that kind of slides out of there, and it almost looks like he loses his balance. And especially with some of the short irons, there's a, a big divot coming. It almost looks like his club head gets stuck in the turf a little bit, so it slows down. And then that that leg slides out of there, and I'll be damned if the ball doesn't go really, really well. So he's he's Scotty's got a lot more homemade than than Tiger for sure. But the you know, one thing that I will say about Scotty Scheffler, guys, I've said this before, his compete level is so high. He gives up on nothing, and and. He goes through some real swoons with his putting, things that we have never seen you know, very often with Tiger. But he competes, and he doesn't give up on much. Jay, who do you have on the show on this Memorial Day weekend? I've got Michael Tucker, the, the uh, director of golf, head of golf professional over at Bell Reeve. You know, Bell Reeve, Randy, besides the, the 2018 PGA Championship, they have, they, they have and are keeping our community in the forefront of major championship golf and PGA Tour golf. So in 2026, we've got the BMW Championship coming. And then in 2030, that's a long way off, boys. We've got to keep ourselves alive for that. We've got, <laughs> we got the President's Cup coming in 2030. Somebody says, what are you going to be doing in 2030? I'm like, dear God, I... I hope I'm around. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. I'm trying to figure out what we're doing for lunch today. <laughs> uh, is Wild Crush open during the afternoon, or is it on a beautiful night for the patio, a beautiful Memorial Day weekend? I think everybody needs to make their way over to Wild Crush. Yeah, we've got live music tonight. Our patio's been hopping, and business has been great. Thank you for the for the plugs. Yeah. All right. Jay, we'll, uh, I'm going to text you right after this interview because we got to set up a, t- a time to play. Absolutely. This is uh, the San Diego weather is just crazy. Yeah, we got we got we got to get out there, Carrie. We got to get you out there, man. Uh, next I want week, to, let's look at our let's want, look at our schedule and figure out a day. Wednesday so may be the only be, day that I can't. It's going to be golf as a contact sport. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Love it. Thanks, Jay. Have a great weekend.
You guys do. See Thank you later. You. Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO. Take it or leave it coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. For take it or leave it here on 101 ESPN. Carrie is here. Do you want to? Are, are you doing that for your take yeah. it or leave it? Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, Matthew is here. Your text line is open 314-399-9646. CD, kind of weird that the uh, NFL and the uh, former Washington football team would not have all of this taken care of, but. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office has rejected the Washington Commander's trademark application for commanders. What? (laughs) The application has been rejected because there's an existing trademark for Commander's Classic while there are pending applications made by a man in the D.C. area. Mm. The Commander's Classic is a college football game that takes place between Army and Air Force every year. As it pertains to the second reason, Martin McCauley filed for trademarks for Washington Space Commanders and Washington Wolf Commanders while he was trying to squat on the Commander's name. Take it or leave it, the new ownership of the Washington football team should change the name again to Red Tails or something good. Leave it. They're gonna. What they're gonna have to do is pay that person. Yeah. To make sure that they can get the name and the college football. Game. Yeah. They're gonna have to pay it off, and and because they've done. I don't think you can change it now. You went uh, an entire year as just the Washington football team, and then you did this whole rollout of the Commanders, all the mem- all the 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 gear and all of the things you have that says Commanders on you. I don't think. How you can did you go. not get that application approved well, for listen, a trademark? Randy, I mean that that would probably give you the all the information you need about one organization. No, yeah, Dan Snyder. Remember what happened with the Guardians? They had to pay off a uh, roller derby team in the Cleveland area because they were already called the Cleveland Guardians. Wow! And they had and they had a they had a trademark and everything, and Cleveland was just like, "No, we're the Guardians." And they were like, "Uh, have you checked the patent office, buddy?" Yeah. So I, think, I mean, I think the Commanders is a stupid name anyway. Yes, it is. You're right. And so I think they should just change it again. Eh. Washington football team was such a good name. It, it was, was fine. The That'd jerseys were great. Eh. The logo was solid. Eh. The jerseys were fantastic. It's just a no-name organization is what they were. No, just it, yeah. w- WFT. It's just it's kind of like you're a soccer team. WTF. <laughs> you, guys are bad, you guys are bad a thousand on those. So, Randy, there was a rapper named Fetty Wap. Had a... You good songs some years back. He did a did an outstanding job. He was a really hot rapper. There you go. Brewers were were ah. saying seventeen thirty eight every time they did an uh, did interviews. So was that Remy Martin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he um he got arrested a couple of days Fetty ago. Fetty Wap did. Fetty Wap did, okay. and he is uh, a sentence to six years. Randy, I'm going to show you his picture. Take it or leave it. No way he saw that coming. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. What the hell happened to Fetty? He's been like that. That's always been the case. Yeah, what happened to Faye? That's always been the case. So that's him. So we had Lisa Left Eye Lopez and then uh, Fetty Right Eye yeah. Wop. Yeah. 
<laughs> no way he saw it coming. I do not remember the story of how he lost his eye. He lost it as a child. I as a child, yeah, yeah. I think it's some, some yeah. unfortunate violence. How are we getting TLC back together, by the way, as an aside, without L? Well, they've been touring for a while. They but just do they. Is it real? Still TLC. Randy, Randy, I get TLC back together memorially every time I get in my car and play No Scrubs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every time I drive, which by is a, daily. Every time I, I drive by a house fire, <laughs> I re- I remember Lisa left eye. Oh, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> That's too soon. No, you know what? Too soon. You know what? Too soon. It was, it was, she burned down Andre Risen's house. It was an accident from what I was told. Yeah. No, it was. They had broken up. I'm it sure accident. it was. Yeah, it was an accident. <laughs> Your text on the text line, 314-399-9646. What do you got there, Matthew? Uh, take it or leave it. The Celtics pull off the reverse sweep. Gonna take leave it. it. I'm taking it. Leave it. Leave it. They're going to get beaten Miami by 25. Jackson Burkett came in here and was showing me some tape before the show. Mm-hmm. Like to Carrie's point, there was no defensive effort. If they have defensive effort at any level, shape, or you know, any way, shape, or form last night, it's a very different basketball game. I just, I just don't think they're just going to quit on this, I, this I, series I, completely. I would be intrigued to see to be a fly on the wall in that meeting with Eric Spolstra, Eric Spolstra, watching that tape defensively. Mm-hmm. Like, just what, what are y'all doing? the hell is this? Yeah. I, I, I'm sure Eric Spolstra is uh, going to get those guys ready to Don't play. Don't you think Joe Mazzola did that, though, after game three? Uh, Yeah, a little bit, but I think, you know. I was a good coach. I think Spolster is gonna. Said one of them is a good coach. Hmm. Don't don't do that to Joe. I'm just he saying. Ain't do anything I'm not saying he's anymore. a bad coach. He's just not Eric Spolstra. Hmm. No, no, he's not. But it's, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Spolstra's one of the best. Take it or leave it. This fan base, according to the, referring to the Cardinals, could not handle a complete rebuild for the Cardinals based on how they performed so far this season and all the negativity directed towards them. Yeah, I'll take that. I will take that. And by the way, I will throw myself into that. I'm so spoiled. That, but at least I'm. I, I read the room and I'm self-aware enough to know that they have spoiled me, and that if they have a 70-win season, I will be beside myself. <laughs> I think sometimes people have a tendency to not realize how good they have it. Also, it's not like we're it's not like we like scraping the barrel for things to complain about and like making things out of whole cloth. There's been some storylines that have been pretty pretty mm-hmm. you know a lot of meat on the bone for us to talk about in the first place. No so. doubt. Uh, take it or leave it with Brooke gone. Rock needs to practice his I do declare. I'm going to leave that. I do declare. I'm out of this one. No, thank you. Well done. Yep. I, I think so. No. I, I, Come I, on, Matthew. One time. I, I do not have Matthew. a Colonel Sanders. One time. Uh, one. Can we get one. it one time? I do declare. Damn. That's <laughs> very strong. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for, for a CBC guy, that's awesome. That's great. Take it or leave it. Paul DeYoung and Oscar Mercado start games in the Cardinals postseason this year. Leave, leave it. it. Well, and? Paul DeYoung. Yeah, or. And, Paul DeYoung. He said and. and. Yeah, no. no. If I had said or, would you have changed your answer? I would have taken uh, I would take that. Merc- Mercado no. had his moment. Yeah, he, it, 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 <laughs> it, it was a good moment. It was a great moment. It's something you can remember for the rest of your life. Exactly. But at some point, it will come to an end, yeah. unfortunately. He's, I'm sure he's a great guy. Yeah. Take it or leave it. You just pay off Vanderbilt, change it to Commodores, and have Lion, and then have Lionel Richie as the sponsor. <laughs> take, oh, take it, it. yeah, <laughs> take it, absolutely. Yeah. The Commodores. God, I love the Commodores. I love that. Oh. <laughs> Didn't they do Brick House? Uh, yes, yes, uh, yes. Hold on, let's just make sure that uh, we got this right. 
Because, like, you just get yourself a big defensive tackle and have him be a brick house. Uh, there you go. Take it or leave it. Gorman, Arenado, and Goldschmidt are the new MV3. Take it. I like that, too. Yep. Easy. Oh. Uh, the, so the Commodores would be easy like Sunday morning. Easy like Sunday Yeah, brick house. Morning. Oh, man. One of the all-time greats. Uh, that he times a matey. <laughs> um, remember that? <laughs> what, was, what were you doing there? <laughs> uh, what was his name? It was a... Uh, uh, it was um, the Little Rascals character. Oh, um, Alfalfa. Alfalfa, yeah. No, when, no, 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 no. Yeah. Wasn't that the one? He, he's no. the one who sings to Darla. Three times a matey. No, it's... That's uh, two names from the Little Rascals. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very well. Let's go. I'll give you a nickel. I'll give you a Eddie nickel Murphy for a pickle. played the character. Uh, oh, jeez. Come on. Come on, oh. text on you. Um, Buckwheat? Buckwheat. 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 There's three of Little Buckwheat. Rascals characters. Yeah. Woohoo. I'm digging deep. My mom's going to be proud of me for that one. Uh, take it or leave it. If CD is predicting a playoff win for a team, leave it. Warriors in five, Lakers in five, Heat in four. Not great. Well, you know, I'm not playing. <laughs> there's the difference. Yeah, there's the difference. Take it or leave it. The greatest stat in sports history has to be Tony Gwynn only striking out a total of three times combined against Smoltz, Glavin, Maddox, and Pedro in over 1,200 at-bats. I mean, well, that's a pretty good stat. That's amazing. That's really, that's really far up there. I, I saw something. I don't remember what the number was. I think it was like he could go O for his last twelve hundred at bats and still be over three hundred. Something like that. Something crazy. Unreal. It, it, it was. It is unreal. I've got a couple of that I really like though. I really am a fan of Joe DiMaggio hitting three hundred and sixty-one home runs. In his career and striking out 369 times. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yep, 369 strikeouts, 361 home runs, and uh, his teammate 361 in Little League. (laughs) Yeah, it's and then (laughs) the strikeouts, Uh, and then how about Yogi? Forgot more than that, Little League. Yogi in his career struck out 414 times. But listen to this. In his rookie year, first full season, 306 plate appearances, he struck out 12 times. In his career, which was 19 years, the most times he struck out in a season was 38. 38. He had, during the stretch in his prime, strikeout totals of 24, 25, 12, 20, 24, 32, 29, 20, 29, 24. His granddaughter, Lindsay, told me last week that he retired, called up his wife after he struck out three times in a game while he was playing for the Mets. He struck out three times in a game. Last three strikeouts of his career, as a matter of fact. He called up and said, I struck out three times in a game. I got to (laughs) retire. Really? Yeah. You said 38 in a year? That was his highest total. Aaron Judge has struck out 51 times so far this year. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) That's just unbelievable. Ridiculous. And and by the way, that that Tony Gwynn stat is phenomenal. Tony Gwynn was so, so good. And he was one guy, I think we were talking to Kirschkin one time about the shift and how even with the 98-mile-an-hour fastballs up and in, Gwynn would still find a way to hit it the other way. That is – I wish more baseball players played that style of baseball. I wish they had that ability. Yes. I, I, I do, too. <laughs> uh, referring to the gap between the shortstop and the third baseman as the five-and-a-half is not common enough. 
It's it's one of those little right. things in baseball that I've like as soon as I started hearing that I was like I wish that was a more common like terminology used. Uh, take it or leave it. If I gave you fifty dollars, you would watch Brittany Griner play basketball. Totally take it. Absolutely. I would Sophie, watch Cunning- it for free. Sophie Cunningham and Diana Taurasi are on that on, on that Phoenix team. Watch Absolutely watch that. The LifeLocks. Watch it for free. Yep. Absolutely. I think they're sponsored by LifeLock, and they have a jersey oh. like an old uh, Premier League jersey. I think it says oh. LifeLock on the front. Yeah, Diana Taurasi's on that team. She's freaking amazing. I'll watch her play basketball any day of the week. <laughs> Absolutely. Take it or leave it. This Cardinal season is still mirroring the Blues. Leave it. Leave it. I'm going to leave it, too. The the Cardinal, or the Blues had the seven-game lose, the eight-game losing streak and the seven-game winning streak. The Cardinals haven't put together the winning streak yet. Well, they put together they, that back shorter winning streaks. Yeah, just yeah, yeah and more they, consistent though. Right, yeah. that's that's the thing. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your text. To appreciate it. Coming up, the Cardinals with a win on Getaway Day against the Reds. How big is it to get that win with the big boys not in the lineup? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Yeah, it is big. Um, You get an enjoyable win and then all those guys... uh, we weren't using them today. They were in turfs. Um, they weren't going to come in a pinch hit. They had a full day off. They deserve it. And uh, to get a win without them in there, the other guys stepped up, and it worked out. That's the Cardinals skipper, Ali Marmol, after the Cardinals 2-1 win over the Reds yesterday at the So-So American Ballpark. And parallel big stories from the game. Number one, the Cardinals did play, as Ali mentioned, without Paul Goldschmidt, without Nolan Arenado, without Wilson Contreras. None of those three played. And the Cardinals were still, carry able to come away with a victory because of the exploits of Miles Michaelis. Five shutout innings. He struck out five. He allowed five hits and did not walk anybody. And that was a key. And Luke Weaver was really good for the the Reds, but the Cardinals were able to come through late on the heels or on the strength of Nolan Gorman, Mr. Clutch, uh, with an RBI double in the eighth inning to give the Cardinals their first run. He stole a base after moving to second or after doubling, stole a base and then scored on a uh, on a pass ball. Yeah, the the pitching for me is the thing. I mean, you get Miles Michaelis to give you seven innings, five hits, zero earned runs, zero walks. That's one of the things we talked about yesterday. The Cardinals being in the bottom fourth, bottom third, bottom fourth of the league in in, in walks allowed, five uh, Ks, zero walks, giving you seven innings. Knowing how taxed that bullpen had been from the night before, uh, a great performance, and and knowing that you didn't have your your stars in the lineup, that that type of performance was going to be needed from him. Um, um, it's just it, it's the thing that they have to do. Those starters every fifth day have to go out there and perform at that level, giving you quality starts uh, and not allowing runs or uh, or keeping the runs allowed to a minimal. That's the the most important part of this team right now. And you know, Miles went out there and did a great job, and they got the win because of it. And tonight, Matthew Libertor, another opportunity to c- cement a spot in the rotation. Libertor will pitch the opener in Cleveland against the Guardians, who will have Shane Bieber on the mound. Bieber is one of the best pitchers in baseball. But Cleveland has lost 13 of their last 20. And the Cardinals, after splitting 
in Cincinnati. You would wish that they would have gotten three out of four. It would be nice to get the series off on a good start against Bieber tonight because that's the biggest test the Cardinals will face in this series. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, hopefully everyone is well-rested. They should have been able to get out of Cleveland pretty – I mean, out of Cincinnati pretty early and get to Cleveland early enough to get some, some rest for the night. And all of those guys not playing yesterday, they should be ready to roll. And hopefully the bats get warmed up. Libertor in his first start, I told you all, I was there at the game. The way that the hitters were so off balance was was exciting to see. His ability to go from 98 to 78, really keeping guys, you know, in that batter's box uncomfortable is what I saw from him. And hopefully he goes out there and, and is able to do that again tonight. Yeah, he needs to hold them down. And their offense has left something to be desired. The, the Cleveland offense has. They have some really good performers, and Jose Ramirez, their third baseman, is one of the best. But the Cardinals will have their hands full also with Shane Bieber. He's in the top 10. Uh, he was in the top 10 in terms of uh, strikeouts in the American League. He's fallen back a little bit, but he's still a handful for anybody that faces him. So hopefully Libertor can go pitch for pitch against Shane Bieber, and the Cardinals will be able to uh, come away with a victory tonight, and then go on their merry way on Saturday and Sunday before coming home. Memorial Day game against Kansas City. And if you don't pay attention to the American League, which is reasonable, and you don't pay attention to the standings, we talked a lot about how the Cardinals were one of the worst teams in baseball at the beginning of the season in Mm -hmm. April. They were. That was just part of it. They were down at the bottom of the league. One team stands away, stands apart from everybody else as the worst team in baseball. It's Oakland. But Kansas City is 15 and 36, and they are five and a half games behind the number 28 team in baseball, the White Sox. Kansas City is one of the worst teams in baseball. So when the Cardinals come home against KC on Monday and Tuesday, and I know I'm looking ahead here, but those are two games that you have to win because they are, to use a, a, a word that's been used before on this show, hapless. I, <laughs> I like that word. They they are, and and the Cardinals are performing well. As I said, winners of 13 of their last 18 games. Um, I think you would have pre- preferred to get three or four in, in Cincinnati Definitely. as opposed to splitting the series. But yep. all in all, you finished it on the right foot and, and were able to get out of there uh, with a split going into Cleveland now. As you said, you think they need to win all three of these games in, in order to yeah. put themselves – Closer, obviously closer to 500 and get closer to that uh, top of that division lead. And get to 500 before they go to London. It's not imperative that they are at 500 before they go to London. There's a long way to go. It'd just be cool to get to London with a 500 record. It it, it may be, I mean, because how much fatigue are they going to have when they come back? From London, or, or London, heading I mean, into London and then coming back from there—that's a—that's a trip that can probably take it out of you a little bit. And baseball players don't have to deal with that. And yeah, you're right. They have two days off before they go, and then one day in coming back, and then they play Houston and the Yankees when they do yeah. come back. So they're going to have their hands full coming yeah. back off of that trip without probably a ton of energy. Yeah, man. And so the pitching is going to be important figuring out how this lineup shakes out. Hopefully, that's my day, June 27th, for when I expect to see one Jordan Walker here in the lineup. That's like the it. day I chose. So hopefully uh, he's back and, and performing well and, and can give that lineup a little bit more pop. CD fun synonyms for hapless include miserable, okay. woebegone, mm. wretched, woebegone. Yep. Mm. forlorn, pathetic, and pitiable. <laughs> pitiable. They all apply that's to the Royals. I like that. You know, I don't think even a Royals fan would disagree with that. A Royal may, 
<laughs> but but a royal fan, fan, probably not. Bring that up to them, and they have one thing to say to that. Nice football team. Yeah, well, they do have, they do have Patrick Mahomes. That's so their that's answer now. Pretty good. What? That's all they got. A few years that's all they got. Ago. That's all they got for getting drubbed 4-0 when they talked a lot of mess too. Yeah, on yeah. the soccer field. I think they, oh, we have a football team. Yeah, we, we go head-to-head in World Series play. I think they might point to the scoreboard, too. <laughs> Legitimately, I saw multiple posts after the 4-0 City win where people were like, yeah, but your baseball team, we have the same amount of World Series appearances in the last like 20 about, years. And I'm like, oh, get, get just, or same amount of World yeah. Series wins. How about championships? championships? Why don't we even just do that from the time that you came into existence? Yeah, we can do that. That's no, they like, to start at, they like to start the clock at 85. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's your fresh take here on 101 ESPN. It's 8-12. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers and Officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Coming up, we're going to head to Cleveland, and our buddy Chip Carey will join us to talk some Cardinal baseball here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Smack down the line, fair ball. That's in the corner of the Cardinals breakthrough. Gorman does pick up his 40th RBI. Comes in the eighth. It's one to nothing, St. Louis. Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, Brooke Grimsley is out. She is taking the holiday weekend to visit some family in Tennessee. And we head to Cleveland via the celebrity line. The uh, Cardinals TV voice, Chip Carey, does join us as he gets ready to have the, the Cardinals and the, the Guardians tonight. Chip, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great, guys. No Mountain Dew yet, but uh, it's, it's it's close. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to ask you. You've obviously uh, you've done games in Cleveland. How how is Cleveland as a baseball road trip city? That's uh, pretty good, actually. Uh, you know, they're they're doing a lot downtown. Uh, great restaurants. The fans here are awesome. Uh, the sports complex is very are close. Uh, the football stadium's about three blocks away from both the basketball arena and baseball stadium. So yeah, no, it's it's a great place to visit. And you know, we don't get to come here all that often, either with the Braves and now with the Cardinals. So a chance to to come back and renew friendships with Bob DiBiase, who's been here. Tommy Hamilton is one of the best broadcasters in the game, and anybody, everybody loves Tito Francona. So uh, to get to see those kind of old acquaintances on a more frequent basis, I think is something I'm I'm looking forward to. Chip, I asked Ollie this yesterday. Baseball has a lot of night games, so you all get to sleep in in the morning. How different is it to have to get up and do a broadcast earlier than sometimes maybe you may be just rolling out of bed at that time? Well, you have to be a little more responsible the night before. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't mean totally responsible, but a little more. Uh, you know, it's funny you say that. I, you know, I, I, I love day games, uh, especially when I was doing the Cubs because my family was so young. You know, we'd have three little kids, and my wife would be with me in Chicago. We'd get up, have breakfast with the kids, take them for a walk to the park, uh, you know, get back to the apartment nine thirty, ten o'clock, quick shower, go to the ballpark for a one thirty game, and then finish up the game get together as a family, have dinner, have play time, and everybody goes to bed. It's more of a, if, if I can use the term in, in, in the way I intended, a more normal way of living. Uh, <laughs> you know. But uh, night games with family are a little more difficult because when the kids are going to bed, we're just now getting ready to go to work, and mm-hmm. we don't get home until 11, 12 o'clock at night, and, at least in the old days, and it's hard to come down and 
wind down after those uh, exciting baseball games. So uh, anytime you get to do a game, no matter the time, is great. But let's just say night games are a little bit less of a challenge. <laughs> and Chip, uh, I think the old adage before Wrigley Field had as many night games as it does now, I truly believe because baseball players are generally nocturnal creatures, those guys having to play day games had an effect on the Cubs because your ordinary MO as a baseball player is to be out late at night and then you, you get to bed two, three in the morning and you unwind and then you come home and it's so unnatural playing day games. Do you buy into that? Uh, a little bit, yeah. But the Cubs teams weren't all that good either. Yeah, I mean, it was part of the problem. Maybe they enjoyed Rush Street a little too much, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, but I think there are some truths to that. More than being nocturnal creatures, I think we're really creatures of habit. And I think uh, when we travel, we all get kind of antsy after the second or third day, like, okay, it's time to go to the next city. Or even at home, okay, two, three days, it's time to see the next opponent. We're tired of seeing the same thing over and over again. Even when I travel with my wife, it's the same deal. We'll go someplace and we have a week-long vacation planned. And after two or three days, I get a little antsy, like, okay, what are we doing now? Uh, Because that's just how we're ingrained. That's we're, we're, We're based of... For, for three short days in one spot and then on we go to the next city for two or three trips and then come home for a week and a half. It's a different lifestyle for sure, but to your point, Randy, yeah, uh, we're, we're creatures of habit more than anything else. Hey, Chip, I've come to expect Nolan Gorman to do great things when he steps to the plate like he did yesterday. Have you reached that point now where you have expectations of Gorman rather than hopes? Isn't it fun watching young players become stars? Yeah. Uh, it really is. Uh, the kid's a great defender. Uh, he's so taciturn and stern looking. I asked him last night. Everybody was going out to dinner. I said, you know, well, do you have teeth? Uh, and he <laughs> smiled. Uh, you know, and he's... He, he, he's a good player. I mean, he's a really good player. He knows how to hit. And I, I'm so happy that he's being rewarded with opportunities to hit the same handed pitchers uh, as he. And he's done a good job hitting lefties. That's not, not an easy thing. They don't see a lot of them. Uh, but he's done it before, and I'm sure he's going to do it again. And it just creates more of a wonderful dilemma for the Cardinals, another good player who can play a couple of different spots. And there aren't that many spots for him to play in. But as you guys know, you hit, you play in this league. And uh, he came up with a big hit yesterday in Cincinnati. Chip, the pitching has been a question pretty much all season. Miles Michaelis gave you a great start yesterday. Uh, we expect something great from Matthew Libertor tonight. What have you seen from from the likes of Stephen Matz and Jordan Montgomery, and, and what is causing those struggles right now? Location, 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 right? Real estate and baseball mm-hmm. are the same thing. If you don't locate, you're going to have big problems. And I think for Stephen, that's really been the issue for him. Uh, Brad and I have talked about it a lot more so, Brad, because of his – Pitching expertise, and by the way, he's really, really good at what he does. He he makes it so much fun. Uh, The the trouble for Steven is he's a sinker ball guy that works up in the zone, and when the ball sinks up in the zone, where does it end up? Right in the happy zone. It gets whacked. Uh, He's been better with two strikes. Uh, Fastball command has been a little better, but he's got a good fastball, in my opinion. I don't think he throws it enough. I'd like to see more of it. Uh, He's got 94 in the tank, and it's a good pitch. Uh, but that's number one. And then uh, the same thing with Montgomery location, you know, he, he last couple of starts, he'd go to the mound and everything was just kind of blah. And that's not a knock on him. He, he just didn't have any zip. He didn't have any finish on any of his pitches. And as a result, both the fastball and changeup were in happy zones and the other team whacked it. And at this level, they're going to do that if you don't have your A plus stuff. So I know that's something they're concerned about. Everybody's wondering what the fate of Matt's is going to be in the rotation. I think Libertor's start tonight is a very important one for him and for the team. If he goes out and sees is this opportunity. Uh, I think the Cardinals will have to have some very serious discussions, at least in my opinion, as to what they do with Steven Matz. 
because he's he's winless and uh, four and a third innings at 100 pitches uh, time after time. I don't think it's up to anybody's standards. Do you ever just look over in BT and just want in, in awe because of some of the things he said? It was a game they were playing against the Dodgers, and Freddie Freeman, I believe, hit a home run. And right before that pitch, he said, yeah, I wouldn't throw that there again. <laughs> and Freeman yeah. hits it out of the park. And I, had, I stopped for a second. I said, he must have known that was coming. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, he said, He's had plenty of experience giving those up. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's why he has the bad luck of sitting next to me. Uh, oh, no, I, he's, I really think that pitchers make the best analysts, uh, catchers too. And the reason is they have to think two, three pitches ahead of the game. And uh, I think Brad has a really, really good understanding of what a pitcher is trying to do, how their uh, repertoire matches up with what they want to accomplish, and if it's going to work or not. And, uh, he, you know, the guys that see the game and think ahead of the game and aren't afraid to first guess uh i think make the best baseball analysts there are a lot of them out there and we're all fortunate to, to have brad thompson and jim evans for that matter uh doing what they do uh, in the tv booth chip carry with us on 101 espn he'll be joining us every friday during the season and chip it's interesting because it wasn't too long ago where lesser teams would be looking forward to playing the cardinals because the cardinals weren't playing well but you look at the upcoming schedule now and we're talking about trying to get to 500 by the time the team goes to london it, it, the schedule certainly would line up if you play the way the cardinals are capable of playing to be at 500 and and start to take off once you go on that london trip that's the hope right everybody talks about playoffs and divisions and all that stuff the old saying get to 500 and see where you are uh, the Cardinals do have the luck of playing in a weaker division. I do think the Cardinals are the best team in the division from the teams that we have seen so far. Uh, and you're right. I, I think that's the goal. If you win series, that's that's really what you can do. You, you try to win the first game, which makes it easier to win the series. And I know fans get frustrated. Hey, we want to win every game. Of course we do. That's just not uh, that's not possible. But if you win a series and win two out of every three games, you win 108. I think everybody in St. Louis would be really happy with that. Uh, I, I love how Ali and the staff and the players have acknowledged that they dug themselves this hole. They've got to find a way to dig themselves out of it. And they've been doing that now over the last two and a half, three weeks. They're pitching better. The bullpen's been excellent. They're getting big hits. They're bidding, getting big contributions from everybody. Uh, it's a win a game last night or yesterday without Contreras, without Arenado and Goldschmidt. Has to be a boost for the shock troop guys. Um, so all of those things are starting to uh, to come together. Now I think the next step, at least in my opinion, is get consistent starting pitching to get you at least six innings every day and gives you a chance to win. And hopefully that trend started yesterday with Michaelis, and hopefully it continues tonight with Matthew. Uh, agreed 100%. By the way, you guys were talking about the new schedule yesterday, and I can I can live with the new schedule. I, I've got a better schedule, and Rob Manfred just doesn't listen to me. But, Chip, we cannot have the Cardinals and Cubs playing their last game of the season on July 30th. That cannot happen. Yeah, well, this this year is an exception because of London. Uh, if I were to make a, an adjustment to the schedule, I would like to see us play the Cubs uh, three at home, three on the road, and the other teams in the central I don't care about. <laughs> you know, but no, I, but I understand what baseball's trying to do. I agree with what baseball's trying to do. For too many years, too many fans in too many cities didn't get to see the other stars from the other towns and the other leagues. And uh, th- this move toward an NBA-style schedule, I think, is is long overdue. And if and when we get to expansion, I think we're probably going to see even more radical changes in the game. And I think we've talked about them before. I'm a big proponent of expansion. I'm a big proponent of economic and geographic realignment to ease travel and create and, and, and augment uh, the already great rivalries that we have in the game. And, you know, if we had a division of Cardinals, Royals, Cubs, White Sox, that would be pretty fun. 
And uh, I think that uh, the baseball may be moving toward that in some form or function here uh, within the next decade. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I'm good with that. Just uh, hear me out here with my idea with if we're going to yeah. be at 30 teams. OK, so y- yeah. you want everybody to see every player. What you do, you maintain your division rivalries. You play 18 games in your division, three series at home, three on the road. You play everybody else in your and that's uh, 72 games. Play everybody else in your league, three at home, three on the road. Another 60. All of a sudden you're up to 132. You play it's like the NFL. You play another division in the other league, three at home, three on the road, for a total of 30 games, gets you to 162, and you see every player in baseball at least every third season. Yeah, that's true, and I think that's kind of what they had before. The problem with that is, let's say you are in the uh, American League East, and it's your uh, your division's turn to play the National League Central, and you are fighting for a wild card spot, or fighting for the AL West, and you've got to play the AL East, and that's a much more difficult division. It, it, it's just not fair. There isn't a there is enough equity and fairness, I think, in that schedule. At least this way, everybody plays everybody else one series, um, and and I think that's what baseball is trying to get to. Because let's face it, the AL Central and the uh, NL Central. They're the weakest divisions of baseball. Whoever would play them in interleague play, and that's all they would play, that would be a big competitive advantage, especially with teams fighting for those extra two wild card spots. So uh, I like my version better because that's just how I am, Randy. I'm just going to be comparing <laughs> with you. Um, but but I think we all agree that we. I think we all agree. Com- competition aside, we're in the entertainment business, yep. and wasn't a great scene Otani in St. Louis. Oh, and awesome. it would be great mm-hmm. next year when Gorman and those guys go to Anaheim and those fans get to see our players up close and personal. Uh, I think that, as I said, was long overdue, and, and, and it's worked out very well. I think fans enjoy that. Chip, last question for me. The outfield has been one of the topics all season long. All season long. At first, there were too many outfielders. Now it feels like there aren't enough outfielders. What did this outfield look like after All-Star break? Are you guys free Monday? We're having auditions. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think I think what what Ali has said is wrong. True, he said we've been waiting for someone to come in and seize those opportunities. Right? I think we'd agree that Newpar's done that. He's been excellent. He's a really good defender. He's got a good arm. He gets on base. He's getting his walks. Uh, he's hitting lefties pretty well. Um, losing Dylan Carlson at the time of his injury, he was playing his best baseball. Obviously, and the ankle is slowly responding. Hopefully, he'll be back sooner rather than later still waiting for Tyler O'Neill to get going with his baseball activities. That's that's certainly uh, put a crimp in plans. Walker's down at AAA. He's starting to get the ball in the air and hitting the ball harder and the like. But look, it gives opportunities for Burleson. It gives opportunities for Yepes. Tommy Edmond can play out there. Donovan can play out there. Uh, it isn't a matter of uh, too few outfielders. I think the, the great thing about the Cardinals team is the flexibility with which they have. But I think also Ali and the staff and probably the front office too, and I don't presume to speak for them, they would like some of these guys to seize two of these spots so that you only have to rotate one guy in one of those positions. Right now you've got two spots that, that we're having to work through with the injuries and, and ineffectiveness. And as we hope in the days to come, that will slowly start to change. Chip Carey and Brad Thompson will have the Cardinals and the Guardians tonight, 6 o'clock on Bally Sports. Always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much for for waking up early to join us, sir, and I will see you at the ballpark next week. Sounds great, guys. Enjoy the holiday weekend, and we'll uh, we'll see you on TV tonight. You bet. Thank you, sir. That is Chip Carey, Cardinals broadcaster on Bally Sports, joining us as he does every Friday morning here on the Open Ask CD, and ye shall receive. They're having tryouts. If I, they're having tryouts, I'll be there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'll, I'll be trying to pitch. Coming up, we've got the fight for you here on 101 ESPN. Do we have a fighter? We do. We've got a fighter already, no, too. We oh, we need a fighter. Oh, te- okay, text into 314-399-9646. 314-399-Yo! Yo! 
ho. Here's the thing. We don't have enough women that participate in the fight. So if you're a female, send in the word fight with your name, and we want you to participate in the fight, too, because yeah. we just we don't have enough women that participate. So uh, send in your name with the word fight to the text line, and we want to hear from you. We want a fighter next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Amanda. Amanda, how are you doing? I am great. How are you? Doing well. Are you ready to take on Randy? I am. I am so excited. I don't care if I get all four wrong. I'm just <laughs> glad to be here. <laughs> That's well, the mindset. Good we'll, for you, Amanda. We'll see how it goes. Here we go. Which 80s Cardinal outfielder owns the Redbirds single game record for stolen bases in a single game? Swiping five against the Giants. Is it Lonnie Smith, Vince Coleman, or Willie McGee? Oh, um, let's go. Can't go wrong with Willie, I guess. Yesterday marked 58 years since one of the most iconic photos in sports history featuring featuring Muhammad Ali standing over which famous opponent? Was that Floyd Patterson, Joe Frazier, or Sonny Liston? Oh, I have no idea. Let's go with the third option. Sonny Liston? All righty. Which longtime NL manager holds the all-time MLB mark for career ejection, ejections with 162? Is it Bobby Cox, Lou DeRocher, or Bruce Bochy? Um, Leo. Bobby Cox. Excuse me, Leo. <laughs> Not Lou. I read that wrong. We'll try body cock. Got you. All right. And number four, which non which non central NL club was the only other franchise to allow seven or more home runs during Mark McGuire's seventy home run campaign? Was that the Miami Marlins, the New York Mets, or the San Francisco Giants? Can you repeat the question? Which non-Central National League club was the only other franchise to allow seven or more home runs to Mark McGuire during his 70 home run campaign? Was it the Miami Marlins, the New York Mets, or the San Francisco Giants? The Giants. All right, we'll double-check that score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Amanda, how you feeling? Horrible. <laughs> I'm with the other listeners, and you do better when you're not playing. Yeah. Was there a particular sport that you were hoping for? Uh, I'm not really. I <laughs> listen. I baseball, hockey. Okay. Randy, say hello to Amanda. Amanda, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Randy. How are you? Doing great. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks for playing. And I appreciate you uh, texting in when I asked for a female to, to check in. I listen every day. Thank we you. appreciate that. All right, Randy, here we go. You ready? Ready. Which 80s Cardinal outfielder owns the Redbirds' single-game record for stolen bases in a single game, swiping five against the Giants? Against the Giants, yep. That was Lonnie Smith during the 1982 season in San Francisco. Late game. 
uh, in September. Yep. Uh, Randy, yesterday marked 58 years since one of the most iconic photos in sports history featuring Muhammad Ali standing over which one of his famous opponents? Iconic photo? Iconic photo. Was it taken by Neil Leifer, I believe? It was, in fact, taken by Neil Leifer. And I believe that was uh, Sonny Liston, St. Louisan, that uh, Ali was standing over. Which longtime NL manager holds the all-time Major League Baseball mark for career ejections with 162? That would be Bobby Cox, I believe, Mr. Davis. You, you got thrown out a lot. It's an entire season worth of games. Yeah, it is great. I feel like that. Seems like a pretty mild-mannered fella, too. He really does. That surprised me. They got to they knock one off. What do you manage, like 21 years? It's 20, 20 years. Sorry, Bobby. Uh, which non-central NL club was the only other franchise to allow seven or more home runs to Mark McGuire during his 70 home run campaign? I remember him having a monster series against the Marlins in Miami. I think he hit three. They used to tarp off the upper deck in Miami. And I think he hit three into the tarp Mm. in a game there. So uh, I'm assuming that he did. Oh, and you know what? I think he might have hit the post-dispatch sign against Miami, too. The the, the, then Florida Marlins with the 545-footer. I'm going to go with the Marlins. No tiebreaker today. We have a winner in today's fight. Did Amanda come in answering Randy's request and make him regret it a little bit going into the long weekend? Or does Randy Carricker get to move into the long weekend with some sound effects? His hand's already on the 360 machine. Is he calling a shot a little bit too uh, early? I don't know. It's Ring don't know. that bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. The winner and still champion of the fight. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? And Mr. Buck means that Randy Carricker got all four correct. Great job today, though, Amanda. Two is nothing to slouch at. Usually that gets you at least into a tiebreaker lately against Randy Carricker. So a 4-2 win for Randy. Thank you so much for joining the fight today, Amanda. Absolutely. You guys have a great day. And Amanda, thank you very much for listening every day. We really do appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. And let's go through those answers. It was, in fact, Lonnie Smith, not Vince Coleman, kind of the the easy answer there when you talk about 80s Cardinals outfielder. But no, it's Lonnie Smith who owns the Cardinals single-game record, five against the Giants in September of 1982. They had had some games against the Giants because the Brummer-Stealing home game was also against the Giants here. Oh, how about that? San Francisco, Gary Lavelle, right down the middle <laughs> on a, a two-strike pitch, by the way. But the umpire forgot to call strike three, and Brummer was called safe. Oh. <laughs> May 25th, 1965. It ended a lot earlier than a lot of people across the nation who were tuned into radios all across the land as Muhammad Ali downed Sonny Liston in one of the most famous and iconic fights and photos of all time. One of the great stories of all time, too, because Walter Ios was the senior photographer, and he took the other side across from Neil Leifer, and Leifer got the shot, and Ios mm-hmm. had one from the back that wasn't nearly as good. Wow. Also happens to be the, the um, topic of maybe the best episode of Mad Men. I don't know if you guys are big fans of that show at all. Mm-hmm. Fantastic I've never seen episode. it from start to finish. Oh, fantastic episode about that's and it's all around the Sunny List and Muhammad Ali fight. Okay. It's fantastic. I'll have to find it. My son has watched every episode. He he binged that for a long time. 
It's funny because because Don refers to him as Cassius Clay, and he's like he dances. He goes, listen, he's methodical. He'll he'll get he'll get him, and then it's like the fight ends really early. It's fantastic. Uh, which longtime NL manager holds the all-time MLB mark for career ejections with 162? It is in fact the longtime Braves and just for a little bit there Blue Jays manager Bobby Cox. And which non-central NL club was the only other franchise to allow seven or more home runs during Mark McGuire's 70 home run campaign? It was the Cubs and the Marlins who each allowed Mark McGuire to hit seven home runs a piece 14 of his 70 home runs come against the Cubs and the Marlins in that 98 campaign a 4-2 win for Randy Carricker again thank you so much to Amanda for joining the show today yeah Amanda Great job by Amanda. We appreciate that. Hey, and we want you to know I'm going to be over at the Mizzou Tiger Club of St. Louis Golf Tournament on June 5th at Bogey Hills. And still a few openings if you'd like to join us. We would love to have you there, and it's going to be a lot of fun. All you need to do is go to TigerClubSTL.com, TigerClubSTL.com. If you'd like to sign up, it's a great day, as it always is, and they've got some great people that are going to be there. And so if you'd like to join me over at the Mizzou Tiger Club Golf Tournament on June 5th, I'm not going to be here that day. I'm going to be over there. I'm not going to – I'm going to go McKernan on you guys. I'm going to play golf. I won't golf. be here either. Oh, so it's, it's Brooke and Matthew. Good. Yeah. Wait, you're both not going to be here? Yeah. No. I won't be here. Oh, I wonder who the second host is going to be that day. Uh, Michelle, Alexa Dat. Ooh, that'll be a fun show yeah. either way. So it's going to be Mizzou Dan Tiger Mac. Club. Uh, the, the website, MizzouTigerClubSTL.com. Room for a couple of teams for golf. And I will be the MC. And I might even auction stuff off. We'll see. Or we, we, we got, we're going to go really crazy that day. I'm just going to go to TMA, and then Tim and Jackson are going to do four hours. Oh, Ooh. man. <laughs> Listenership would love that. <laughs> Coming up, we've got the bird watch for you here on 101 ESPN. And then at the top of the 9 o'clock hour, if you have any questions for Mike Johnson from Sugar Fire and High Point and Chicken Out, if you're going to be barbecuing this weekend and you want tips from the best in town, Mike Johnson is going to join us in studio coming up at the top of the next hour here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the Opening Drive. Today, it's Carrie and Randy with you, and it's time for a bird watch. CD, what do you got? My bird watch is going to be Matthew Libertor. We've talked about him. He started one game in the Dodger series. He's getting his second start. He's played in a couple of games, but in his start, his first start of the season, he gave up three hits, pitched five innings, walked three, and had a really good outing, struck out six, and... I felt like the the relief role for him wasn't the role that he was prepared for mentally. I believe he is a starting pitcher. And right now, he has a great opportunity to earn himself a spot in this roster, in this starting rotation. Steven Matz has not been performing well. Jordan Montgomery has not been performing well. I think we've given Jordan Montgomery a little bit more uh, – a little bit more – rope to, to, to be able to do what he needs to do, but Steven Matz is coming towards the end of it, and I believe he hasn't he hasn't done a good enough job. And so if Matthew Libertor can go out tonight and have a great performance, similar to what he had in his first start, I think you could be looking at a guy that is now uh, going to be in the starting rotation as opposed to Steven Matz. Several years ago, the Cardinals gave Jack Flaherty an opportunity to start every fifth day, and it paid off. They gave an opportunity to Dakota Hudson to 
start every fifth day. And until he got hurt, that paid off. They really have, haven't given one of their young starters a great opportunity to start every fifth day since then. Oviedo never got that consistent opportunity. They've had a couple of other guys that have come up, but really the only two have been Hudson and Jack Flaherty. Now's the time to give Matthew Libertor that chance. He's been with the organization a long time. He knows what you're trying to do, and he has ability. But the only way any pro athlete, and Kerry, you experienced this in the NFL, the only way any athlete gets to where the team and the player wants them to be is by getting reps at the level that they're ultimately going to play at. Yeah. It doesn't do Matthew Libertor any good anymore to be pitching at AAA. One of the, the most interesting takes that people have is, oh, well, that person doesn't have experience. We see it in all different uh, fact, in facets and forms in different parts of our life. Oh, that person doesn't have experience. How do you gain experience, Randy? By doing it. Yeah, by that's the only reps. way. So for him to get this experience, for him to have these opportunities, he is showing and has shown in his first start that he is more than capable and willing and ready to to have have that opportunity to be the fifth starter. I'm excited to see what he looks like tonight because, as I said, Stephen Matz, it just feels like things aren't going well for him. He's he's shown frustration at different times on the mound. I think he's gripping the ball too tight, and he's not hitting his location, as, as what Chip Carey said earlier. Um, so with Libertor, I'm looking forward to seeing him just go out and perform, do what he needs to do, give you – can I ask for six innings tonight? From I think that's reasonable. I think six that's completely reasonable. And, and limit the number of walks and allow himself to have a great start, and I think this team will back him up and he'll get the win tonight. I think that's a great call, and I I think it couldn't be any better setup for him against a team that's really struggling, and he ultimately has to get the reps. Okay, another little bird noise now on 101 ESPN. There we go. A CD... Miles Michaelis May is complete after the start yesterday. He goes 2-0 and in his five May starts with a 2.40 earned run average. He goes 30 innings, so in the five starts, he averaged six innings per start. You know what? If he does that in June, July, August, and September, I'm a very, very, very happy camper. If he gives me, Miles Michaelis gives me five starts, averaging six innings per start, and I'd like to get more, but mm-hmm. if he gives me that with a 2.40 ERA for the rest of the season, I am an extremely happy camper. He is, of all the Cardinal starters, he is the one that's giving you what you expected. Now, was his April bad? Yes. Yeah, six starts in March and April, and he had a 5.97 ERA. But since the end of April, he's been stellar. Yeah, he has been. And and I think when you're talking about giving more innings, obviously it's going to help the bullpen. Right now, I think you have Cabrera you trust, Gallegos you trust, Helsley you trust. Jordan Hicks has earned the trust back. And I would say Chris Stratton, right? Yep. Drew Verhagen is probably still he he's there. You trust him, but if he gets in still trouble, you, you, you become <laughs> a little bit worried. And Andre Pallante is the is is I would say not trust at this moment. Right. Not fully, completely trust. So you got five guys that if you have to get into the bullpen, you know those five guys are gonna hold you up and be able to take care of their business. But ideally, the starting pitching, and I know we have new philosophies in baseball. We don't want to see the road, we don't want to see the lineup three times around. We want to get those guys out. So essentially, they're getting out after five or, or six at the most. But if you can give them a little bit more time, those five to six guys can really 
hold you throughout the entire season. But if you're only giving them four and a third, mm-hmm. like like Matt's has, or or you know three innings because you get blown up early, it's going to be a long season for those guys. And that's the importance is making sure we're we're being a complete team. If more times than not, my starting pitcher is only forcing the bullpen to get eight outs. Yeah, I'm good. If you can get me into the seventh and pitch in the seventh. More times than not, I'm going to be very happy with your performance if you're one of my starting pitchers. And that's just the start of the third time around the lineup, right? You, yeah. You're if you're pitching and performing well, if you haven't been getting, you know, <laughs> knocked around those first few innings, I I just feel like the importance of that because I think we have a really good bullpen. They have started to come together. Cabrera is, has been really really good mm-hmm. this season, and as I said, Jordan Hicks. He has some of the best movement, some of the best stuff I've seen. It's just being, locating it and making sure you are consistent and not walking, guys. That's his his main thing. But all in all, this is a very good bullpen. Let's get the starting rotation to match that. There is your bird watch here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, it's Memorial Day weekend, and we know that you're going to be out with the grill or the smoker or whatever. And our buddy Mike Johnson is going to join us. We're going to talk about how you can be a better griller, a better grill master. He has high point, he has sugar fire, he has chicken out, and he's going to be with you here in studio next on 101 ESPN. Send in your text, by the way, for any questions you have about grilling this weekend to 314-399-9646 on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Okay, it's the official start of the barbecue season. Memorial Day weekend, we'll have the 4th of July, we'll have Labor Day, and we wanted to spend the summer out with our grill. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you, if you don't feel like grilling and you want some great barbecue, just go to Sugar Fire because Sugar Fire has multiple locations in the St. Louis area and you'll enjoy it immensely. Mike Johnson from Sugar Fire and the High Point, best burgers in town and chicken out is with us here in studio, 101 ESPN. Michael, good to see oh, you. Yes, uh, you too. Great to see you. You've always uh, been very generous with your time and coming in here. And uh, from your personal standpoint, you, you're you always barbecuing. But is this kind of barbecue season for you now? Yeah, we uh, see a big uptick in the restaurant like um, you'd think people would be out barbecuing more but mm-hmm. even the restaurants get busier so they eat more barbecue they cook more barbecue you know it's Stay just busy. barbecue season right <laughs> now and, and yeah. you uh, back on I, I, I saw a video that you did you, you did a, a, a thing on I think it was YouTube a few years ago and it showed your array of grills in your backyard yeah. how, how many do you think you have now I mean it's I call it a grill farm <laughs> I mean because I'm an ambassador for some companies and so there's just grills everywhere I have like offset smokers Pellet grills. I have a bunch of Weber kettle vintage ones that mm-hmm. I bought on uh, an accident on eBay one time when I was hammered. <laughs> you know, there's like four of those. <laughs> it does happen. A lot of spending yeah. happens when, when we're hammered. Uh, so I was going to ask you, my question for you is, we're, we're going to get into how to prepare and make the food taste the best. But when you're yep. starting the fire, yep. when you're getting started, what is the best way to set up the charcoal? How much charcoal? Where do you place it? How do you go about that? Okay, well, uh, for charcoal, I think it's important to use a really good charcoal. There's a couple brands. I, I prefer Royal Oak, okay. uh, Natural Lump, mm-hmm. uh, because that's um, briquettes are, are good, too, but they mix in different ingredients to cake them up and make them stick. Okay. Uh, but So I use a Natural Lump from Royal Oak. It's they, it's uh, made here in the Ozark, so it's mm-hmm. Missouri wood. It's all natural. Okay. And that has a, the longest slow burn, consistent burn, in my opinion. Gotcha. So I start with a Natural Lump Oak. Um, you get one of those chimneys, they're called. That's about the right amount for one grill. You know, it's that that kind of pitcher 
looking thing mm-hmm. you fill up with charcoal yeah, yeah, and you yeah. light the bottom, get hot, let it go out. And then um, you just want a long, consistent burn. Maybe you want it hotter, maybe you want it slower. Mm-hmm. But also, I always tell people one way to really control that temp, because that temp's the most important thing, you know, to anywhere you want it between 225 and 260 probably. Right to get that long, slow cook, but that's not easy to maintain. Right. And that's the most important thing. So there's a couple tricks you can do. One of them is I'm, I have a, this thing called a Pitmaster IQ at my house, and it's just a little computer. They're about 100 bucks, and has a little fan on there. Okay. And you can just set it, and, um, you know, when the fire starts to go down a little bit, it has a little blower on there, and then you set that, and it'll stay, wow. to, you know, right temp. Right for, at the right temperature. Pitmaster you know. IQ? Yeah. Just pick it up on Amazon or at Ace Hardware Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a local guy, too. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, but you can buy similar stuff on Amazon. Great. Okay. Yeah, there's a guru, I think there's one called, there's different brand names. Great. Okay. Yeah, easy. So easy. And then one of the things that you taught me, and I think it's so simple, but we don't think about it. Whatever we're making this weekend, make sure that you have the best quality meats, yep. right? Because I think a lot of times we'll go to a place and ah, just get the cheapest. Well, that's not the way to go. No, no. I, I definitely try and get the best quality meats. You always start with that because everyone's always asking us the secret to barbecue and there's mm-hmm. no secret. It's good quality meat, you know, just the right amount of seasoning that you like, and then time, mm-hmm. you know, and patience. Right. You know, you don't rush it. Don't uh, don't open the grill every five minutes because yeah. I always say if you look in, you ain't cooking. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, just because that, that messes up the temperature too. Yeah. Okay. Just get a game plan and you know, good meat and let it go. It's okay. about about patience though, having patience. the patience and yeah, not definitely patience. not not rushing it because when you when you you're in a rush, you yeah. want to get it done quicker, but that's really ruining the the, it's ruining the product. It. Even when you're done cooking. Uh huh. Don't get in there and tear it up. Just give it like 10, 15 minutes, let it rest. Okay. Really, even when you're smoking over long periods, meat should rest. Gotcha. You know, and that helps the juices come out and, you know, it's, it's way better. Yeah, we have to be patient. You got to be patient. It's hard not to. I mean, yeah, I yeah, so I'm pulling ribs and bones off the whole time, okay. burning my mouth. So uh, yeah. Matthew wanted to, yes. to know about your keys for great rib tips. I mean, start with great ingredients. Um, I like to do, um, I do baby backs are my favorite. People like spares. Uh, beef ribs are fun too, you know, but those take forever. So mm-hmm. I, I like to get baby backs. And um, one secret that I do, and I learned this from Pappy's, um, you put on your seasoning, and then they, they almost take a whole layer of brown sugar mm. and just take it in your hand, spread it all on there. Wow. And um, more than you would think, and that really helps with the crust. And then another thing I do with the ribs is um, uh, we don't wrap them in the restaurant. We do too many, but you can wrap. I mean, wrapping makes them juicier. When you wrap mm-hmm. them, put in a little apple juice. In foil? And wrap them in foil, yeah. put in a little apple juice, a little um, honey, and a little extra sauce. And that kind of steam braises it mm. also. And then another thing we do uh, when they come out to keep them moist, uh, we use a paint. It's called paint. So we make like a wet sand with some brown sugar and rub and a little um, apple juice. You just take a paintbrush and you mm. kind of brush it on there. Okay. So, And we always end. hear low and slow. How low, low and, and slow. how slow? Um, I go baby, I mean, 225 to 250 for ribs. For me, is good. Probably four or five hours. Okay. And there's even something called the three, two, one method that people use. Home chefs use. I think it's three hours open, two hours wrapped, and then one hour with sauce, maybe or something. But if you look up three, two, one rib method. Okay. I know a lot of people like that. And then and also, you're on board with the three, two, one method. I don't do it, but okay. I think it's an easy way, a foolproof way. You know, I'm a, I like to live a little more dangerously. <laughs> okay. So four or five. Yeah. If, so if if I do the 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 apple juice and the, and the brown sugar mixture. Wrap it, yeah, and then go two fifty for four or five hours. Five, four hours, yeah. Okay, yeah, you're good. That's my problem. I yeah. don't have four or five hours. I'm so impatient. Yeah, but just if, waiting. If, you, if you're opening it up and stuff, yeah. just go do, go do your stuff. Put it on, 
come leave back for a couple hours. Okay. And even some of these new pellet grills. I mean, I love a pellet grill too. Um, they have a little app on your phone that you can keep, you know, track of the temperature, right. and you can like leave the house. Spectacular. Cool. Even, yeah. yeah. Now, Randy said you gave him the ingredients for the best burger he's ever had. Is that? Yeah, what, it's, what, I, what, I still have it. I've got the email right what here. What are the ingredients, if, if you can well, share yeah, those? Yeah, no, I can share. No, so we won, <laughs> I don't want to give any top secret uh, We won the uh, World Burger Championship okay. last year, and then AAA gave us best burger in America uh, this year. So we do, I mean, I don't think we have the world's best burger. It's subjective, but we, yeah. we've won twice. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's good. And we sell millions of burgers. I know it's good. So it's all, for me, it's about the beef mix. Okay. Quality beef. We use Creekstone, which is like the best beef and, you know, some of the best beef in America. Mm-hmm. It's like what Franklin's Barbecue uses or brisket mm-hmm. on. We use that for okay. our burger, which is probably too expensive for the, our price point, but um, it's the best quality. So it's half, uh, 50% chuck. And chuck is a cut where that's more of the chew and the body. Mm-hmm. Um, 25% brisket, which is where you get the fat from, because you mm-hmm. need to have a, a lot of fat because I'm doing smash burgers, and so they're well done. So it's got to stay fatty. Right. And then 25% short rib uh, meat. So that's the really beefy flavor. I don't know if you guys like short rib beef. Yes. Short mm-hmm. ribs. Yeah. Super beefy flavor. So that's our mix. And then, you know, four and a half, five ounce patty, smash them up. Yeah, you know, get them crispy. So I've got a a griddle for my grill. Do you recommend? Oh yeah, these? I love those. Okay. Oh my god, yeah. I got a blackstone at home. I, I love them. Yeah. The best. So the, the, okay. Oh, so I love best. it. Yeah, that, but even just for other stuff, bacon and yeah. hash browns, I could cook all kinds of stuff. Steak. Okay, good. So yeah. that's a way to make a smash burger. Oh then yeah. You have you like the potato bun? I right? use a potato bun. Um, I don't know. You can't get Mart- Martin's potato rolls are the best, I think, in the country and a lot of. Famous places use those. I don't think we can get them here. Okay. You get them on Amazon or eBay or something, yeah. but um, just a good potato, soft, it, it, not too thick, not too dense of a bun. Even more, something closer to a Wonder bun for me is, is the best. Okay, you nice. Know? Good. And I always butter toasted. I'll, I'll, oh. I always toast it because I, I think it's lazy not to toast your burger bun and and that making that puts a little texture for crunch, flavor for butter, and it also protects the bun from getting soggy from the ingredients. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. and uh, so, uh, I moved ahead to the bun here. But yeah. when you make the the burger, the, you're spicing before you put the burger on the salt the heat. and pepper only. Otherwise, it's meatloaf. Okay, <laughs> salt and pepper. simple. Yeah, good. Simple. And then yeah, no egg, no, nothing in in None the bun. Of that? No, yeah. Nothing no, in the meat. No. Okay. And, no onion. Uh, there's some things l- like the, the Malden salt. <laughs> you sold Malden. Me? Yeah, you remember. Wow. You oh, yeah. This. I, I, yeah. This is what I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like. I prefer this Irish salt called Malden. Uh, it's a flake salt. But, I mean, I put that on everything, too, though. So It's fantastic. It's available it, anywhere. Yeah. And it's a difference maker. It's You uh, wouldn't think salt could be a difference maker, but it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Malden oh. sea salt's the best salt. It'll, it'll blow your mind. Yeah, it, if you and then yeah. another thing that Mike Johnson told me about is Duke's mayo and it's Duke's, yep. Duke's is different, right? It's different. It's the best. Yeah. Mm. So yep. Duke's yeah. mayo. Yeah. So any burger questions, Matthew? Yeah, I, have, <laughs> I have a burger question and a rib question. My my burger question is your thoughts on, on the juicy Lucy style, putting a little cheese yeah, no, I in love the it. patty and then kind of sealing the patty around. Yeah, it. I mix it up a little bit sometimes. All right. All right. Yeah. And then, and then when I'm making ribs, do you, are you in the camp of mustard on the rib as the binder for the for the rub, yeah. Some I, I do both ways. Okay. So, but some people say, oh, you can't do that. But I think so. Why not a little extra flavor? You know, I think we stopped doing that. Um, we may actually make a mix of mustard and uh, Italian dressing. Ooh, so that's what our, that's what we kind of throw the ribs in. Okay. When, and they kind of sit in that overnight. Hmm. Oh, so, so it's it, kind of like a brine and, and kind of, kind of yeah, a binder. Okay. Yeah, but it's mostly just for ease because we're doing you know a few hundred a day. Yeah. 
So they come out, they're wet, and then they're throwing the rub on there in the morning. It sticks right on Beautiful. There. It sticks right on there. Yeah. Uh, Some we, people hate that, though. I don't know. I don't, know. I don't think you can taste the... Like, I'm not the biggest, like, yellow mustard fan. Like, I like a little on a hot dog, but, like, yeah. I don't think you, I don't think you, you really taste, taste it. it. It, it kind of cooks it. it down a little bit. I eat, a, I eat probably three ribs a day, mm. every day for the last 12, 15 years, because I go, yeah, and I'll it. dip into different locations, mm-hmm. and I'll sample, I'll sample a rib. Yeah. And, um, Proud of you. Living <laughs> 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 the dream. <laughs> so, I, mean, I have like diabetes and I'm 100 pounds overweight. But, uh, <laughs> so a quick text and then we're going to ask Mike what he's hot on. If he's going to, what he's thinking about for this weekend and he's going to give you his ideas. But what about grilling vegetables? Are you, do you grill many oh, and yeah. what do you, how do you go about yeah, it? Yeah, no, I love vegetables. Um, some people don't know this. I was a vegetarian for a couple years before mm. I opened Sugar Fire. Mm. And uh, so, I mean, I love vegetables. Pretty dramatic I got a, switch. <laughs> I know. I, I had a bad chicken wing with a vein or something. Oh, okay. It messed me up for like two years. Yeah. And then the bacon started calling me. <laughs> I came back. But, um, no, I mean, I, I love zucchini, squash. Um, I love to grill eggplant. And so the eggplant, I, I mean, we actually grill it home all the time. Mm-hmm. And you just got to salt it up. And then I pat it dry on paper towels. that takes the, uh, the uh, bitterness out of it. We grill those up. I love grilled portobellos. Some of my favorites. And what about like temperature and time for veggies? Hot. That's hot and fast. Okay. Hot and yeah. fast. Good deal. Okay. Yeah. And then as you are in your backyard, what what have you been working on? What are you, what are you fired up about, right? Literally, uh, as you um, uh, grill Mike Johnson's meals. I love, uh, I mean, my kids love steaks. My, my, all my kids are home from college and then I have a six-year-old. He eats, he tries to eat steak every day. <laughs> so I do, um, I, I mean, I love steak. I love ribeyes. We, we do all kinds. I love strips. We mix it up, tenderloin. Okay. But we eat a lot of steak over there. I'm mm. a ribeye guy. I know somebody who's actually doing a ribeye on the grill this weekend. Uh-huh. Give me the best ribeye tip that you have. Okay. Um, boy, there's a lot. Now, I do a lot of these steak contests around the world. That's getting huge. Yeah. As big as barbecue contests. And, and a bunch of my friends have actually won the World Steak Championship. They do a couple things. One thing they do is they there's a product called Wicked Pig. And um, it's you can get it on Amazon. It's a buddy of mine from um, Iowa. And it's kind of like this brine. He brines it in that for about um, a half hour. You can see the instructions. And it's a beefy flavor, but it also breaks down, uh, makes it a lot more tender. Mm-hmm. And um, so he does the uh, Wicked Pig. And then uh, what's the rubs they're putting on there right now? Mostly just uh, there's a rub called White Lightning by Boar's Night Out out of um, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And they all okay. use that. So White Night, that's actually my favorite um, all-purpose rub. It's called White Lightning by okay. Boar's mm-hmm. Night Out. So and it, you sold me on Johnny Joseph's before too. Oh, Johnny too. Joseph's is awesome yeah. too. Yeah, I, I, that's what I do is I mix white lightning one layer, mm-hmm. and Johnny Joseph's rub the other layer. Okay, good. And that's my favorite on a steak. And if you start out with some of this Wicked Pig stuff, that that starts first. And also, I let the steak come to room temperature before I cook it. Some people try and go cold, but I, I leave it sit out for about forty five minutes. Okay. Seasoned up, and then before I grill it, and I actually time them. Like I try and time the mark, so I'll do like three minute, three minute turn. Three minute, three minute. Okay, okay good. And, uh, and resting too is the most important thing. Also, how do you feel about using the cast iron skillet I in love the grill? It. I, I love it. I even do. Um, I have these Green Mountain grills with pizza ovens in them, uh-huh. hmm. and they'll get like eight, nine hundred degrees inside of that pizza oven. And so, I mean, Green Mountain GMG. They told me not to tell people this. Like, I made a video one time, <laughs> and they wouldn't put it out. But I take a cast iron and I put it inside that pizza oven, and then that, and then that'll get like eight, nine hundred degrees. And wow. so I sear my steak inside that really super hot. Because I love a crust on a steak. Yeah. Okay. So I almost prefer a cast iron steak to a uh, grilled. So yeah. is is everything then cast iron? Do you ever move it to the grates? Uh, yeah, every- I, would, I would do it both ways. Okay. Yeah, but if I was doing it that way, I would, you can also. Is it grates first or grates last? Um, last. Okay. And um, But also another thing a lot of people I know do is they slow smoke that uh, ribeye. 
at like 200 degrees for about an hour or so. Mm -hmm. And then they get that cast iron really hot. And then so it's got that smoky flavor. Uh And then they cast uh, iron sear it super hot. And uh, then it's got the crust too. Okay, I'll do that this week. Yeah, oh okay. yeah, it's, it's called reverse uh, searing. Okay, you just do a little, you know YouTube you re- sure. reverse an searing. An hour at two hundred, and then yeah, on, yeah, yeah. on the grill, yeah. and then cast iron yeah, after the smoker. That. Yeah, got yeah. it. And okay, cast, shh, shh. yeah, you got great tips for yeah, it. That's, <laughs> how I, that's how I do chicken wings too. Is I, I always like to smoke them real low. I, I'll put in a bunch of wood and get a ton of smoke in there, and then slow smoke them like that until they're still raw, basically or like mm-hmm. rareish, you know, mm-hmm. and then shh, fry them up crispy. Yeah, CD was waiting for that. I was. One. I was looking yeah. for some information on some chicken wings. Slow, slow smoke, uh, a lot of wood, mm-hmm. and then um, cast iron. Or I mean, if you have a little fryer at home, or yeah, I mean, I'm dangerous. I'll just get a pot and put it on there. <laughs> you know, I didn't even check the temperature. I just rip it up and whatever. And because uh, I, I love my wings crispy. And then I got this um, lemon pepper rub from uh, Costco called Kinder's. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's so good. I've been I've been tearing that up now too. So okay, I'll check yeah. that. I out. I love lemon pepper. Okay. So I'm going to make a wings. Costco trip. Butter. Yeah. Toss them in butter, lemon pepper, malt and salt. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Always got ideas. And you're headed to a competition in, in Denver this weekend. Well, it's, uh, we do the Denver Barbecue Fest. Uh-huh. Um, we, we had them in St. Louis, too. Uh, the Q Fest, Q Barbecue Fest in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm in Denver this weekend. I got um, it's me, um, Pappies is out there, uh, James Boatwright from St. Louis. And then there's Blacks from Austin. Uh, U-Bonds from Yazoo City. There, there are a lot of people who are going to be out there. Oh, Pig Beach from New York. Uh, mm-hmm. They just won Memphis in May. They're, they're going to be out there. And by the, I love the fact that you guys are such a community. It's People yeah, think, okay, we're all yeah. really better, but you're all friends, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never met one jerk. I mean, there's some of these other guys that, like, so they have some, you know, some people don't like each other, but I like all of them. I just thought of something. What's the most memorable thing that you've eaten, that you've tasted, that you cannot get out of your mind? That was good or was bad? Was, no, good. Well, good and bad. Well, I mean, good and bad. the worst is probably kangaroo. I, I go to Australia oh. a lot, mm-hmm. and you think it'd be kind of good. Yeah. Maybe it's the worst. Really? Yeah. Um, I, I do barbecue festivals in Australia probably two, three times. Okay. And uh, I, I would say probably kangaroo, but mm. I don't know, man. Maybe like a really, in barbecue, probably... Probably the brisket in Texas is yeah. my favorite. Okay. You know? Awesome. Good. Now, yeah. you used to do, a, you mentioned a rib a day. Do you still do a burger a day? At least one. And burger patties, too. I mean, I'm like, always, like, sometimes I'll take, what I do is, to cut the carbs, mm-hmm. I'll get a burger, and I'll take the top bun off. Yeah. And I'll let it sit there, and then I'll just eat the burger with the bottom bun, and then I'll go back in and eat the top bun. It hurts. <laughs> no self-control. That's awesome. <laughs> Mike, we always appreciate talking to you. Thanks for starting yeah. the holiday Anytime. season. I love coming it's, here. It's great. We appreciate yeah. it. Uh, that is the great Mike Johnson. And by the way, if you don't feel like grilling this weekend, head on over to Sugar Fire. Head on over to... The the magnificent high point, multiple locations, and Cottleville's doing great right yeah, now. Yeah, killing it. And, yep. and obviously, chicken out. I love chicken out. Oh, thank you. Me too. It's awesome. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. So head on over and uh, check out some of uh, Mike's great restaurants. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, we've got the Rush Hour Reset. Stick around. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Great to have Mike Johnson from Sugar Fire and from 
the High Point restaurants in town and from chicken out with us here on 101 ESPN. We got some great tips there, man. It's and you know what? Everything Carrie that he he says, everything that I've ever tried that Mike has recommended, I have loved. Yeah. He had some very good ideas. I mean, the 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 most important thing that I gained from that conversation was slow it down. I'll bet you the John Mosaic is a really good barbecuer <laughs> because he's so patient. The amount of patience I have very little to, to none, and so I, I I can understand why you know it, it's important to make sure that the food is cooked properly long enough, and you just take your time. And like he down. says, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Yeah. So if you have stuff to do, like. Put ribs on for five hours. Go yeah. for a bike ride. Go play golf. Yeah. And no. then come back. Right? They'll be ready. Yeah. They'll be ready. So uh, The Cardinals won yesterday in Cincinnati by a score of two to one. Miles Michaelis was sensational. Seven innings. No earned runs. He struck out five. He loved five hits and didn't walk anybody. And in the eighth inning scoreless game, it was Nolan Gorman who came through with another clutch hit. Smack down the line. Fair ball. That's in the corner. His 40th RBI. It comes in the eighth. It's one to nothing, St. Louis. Gorman wound up stealing third and then scoring on a wild pitch, so it was a valuable steal. This is one thing that I hope the Cardinals take note of: is that stealing bases can lead to runs. If he doesn't steal third, he moves to third on the wild pitch mm-hmm. and doesn't score. And the Reds wound up scoring a run in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah. And if Gorman doesn't steal third, that game's probably going to extra innings and everything's crazy. Different. Things happen differently in in extra innings, as we've seen with the Ghost Runner and all of that nonsense. But, yeah, taking advantage of the things you do well, and Nolan Gorman has been playing outstanding. Uh, It's fun to watch him, and I think it's more fun to see the progression that he's made. Talking about what the expectations were during the offseason coming into this season, it feels like if there were a a number of bullet points that he was given in the offseason, it feels like he's put a check mark next to each one of them because he is performing well both on in the box and in the field. And so it's really, really fun to watch him right now. I don't know if we should take anything out of it that um, the, the Cardinal lineup yesterday, which obviously was missing Arenado and Goldie and Wilson Contreras, but... Do you take anything out of the fact that it was Donovan at third and Gorman DHing? Because Donovan clearly is a good defensive player, but I wonder if they think he's that much better than Gorman. I think I would have been more inclined to have Gorman play third, and obviously everything worked out for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And Burleson did make a couple of good plays at first base, but I might have been inclined to DH Burleson, have Gorman play third and Donovan play second. Well, I think he's, and when I say he, I'm talking about Gorman. I like him more at second. I, I thought he, the play he made a couple of weeks ago or last week was was absolutely amazing. That's not a, a normal play for a mm-hmm. guy that can't play that position. But you had your middle, you had your regular middle Correct. infield so, yesterday. So that's why you, because you have Edmund and, and, and DeYoung playing in the middle infield, you can't afford to sit him and put him at DH. And Brendan Donovan is, is we've talked about it, a guy with five gloves. He can play. He has, What position hasn't he played yet this year? Catcher. Catcher? Yeah. And pitcher? He didn't play center field, I don't think. Not yet. Not yet. But he's played right field, left field, second short. He's played first, yeah. played third. Yeah. He's, he's baseball. everywhere. Yeah. Uh, he's a valuable yeah. 
guy to have on this team. the plate one day. Yeah. Cardinals in Cleveland. Libertor going against Shane Bieber tonight. And Chip Carey and Brad Thompson will have the call on Bally at about 6 o'clock. Meanwhile, last night in the NHL, the Stars stayed alive with a 3-2 win over the Golden Knights. Vegas still leading that series three games to one. And the Celtics once again stave off elimination by the Heat by knocking off Miami 110-97. to Jason Tatum with 21, Jalen Brown with 21, Smart with 23, White with 24, and the Celtics tomorrow will have an opportunity to tie that series at three games apiece. Yeah, I I, I don't think that's going to happen, though. I think the Miami Heat going home. It's going to be a lot of white T-shirts in the crowd. Miami better uh, win. They, I think they will. It's going to be a whiteout. Then they are going to take care of business. They'll figure it out. Miami is a is a team that doesn't strike me as a as a team that doesn't show up defensively multiple games in a row, mm-hmm. and so I, I think they'll be okay. And one other baseball note for you: the MLB owners, according to Commissioner Rob Manfred, may vote on an A's move to Vegas next month. So we could know by next month. We'll probably know by next month that the Oakland A's are leaving Oakland and headed to Vegas. That feels like that happened really fast. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> yeah, but it's been going on for a long yeah. time. It's just now, I, I'm sure all these ducks were placed in a row very, very quickly. Well, over the course of time, but then once they needed to get them walking in yeah. a row, they were able to do it. Yeah, I, and and there was talk. The reason we talked about this yesterday about the field in Milwaukee, that being mm-hmm. one of the reasons why Oakland is having some of their issues as well. The stadium, the field, it's not up to Major League Baseball standards, right? Just yeah, not not. They need to get better. They they got to get yeah. better. So you know, sometimes when you don't take care of your business, you lose your opportunities. And I'm conflicted about the A's because I'm not a big proponent of governments building stadiums, but I, I think governments do need to help out to some extent because look at Oakland now. What's Oakland going to be? They've lost the Raiders, they've lost the Warriors, now they're losing the A's. To me, it's very difficult, and I'm a sports guy. But it's very difficult to be a big-time city if you don't have professional sports. Yeah. And they've, they've lost a lot of all them of here them. in the last <laughs> few years. Yeah, it's, six years, they'll have lost all three. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And unfortunate for them. It is. And I, I get that it's California. They, they've got tax issues. And there, there are things that they believe are more important. But the identity of that city for a long time was the A's and the Raiders. And now I don't know what the identity of Oakland is going to be. Just Oakland Athletics is what that's the, the the team that I grew up watching and, and, and really enjoying. I don't know how that's going to how I will feel about that in Las Vegas. I mean, clearly the Raiders are there and, you know, the, the San Francisco has the Golden State Warriors now instead of Oakland. But the, the, the athletics felt like to me and feel like to me Oakland's team. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. That's your Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN coming up. St. Louis City SC in action tomorrow against Vancouver. Max Britos from MLS Season Pass joins us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's the only way City knows how to play. Oh, that's completely given away. And it's an equalizer. In a word. Chaos. down City SC on the opening drive in our weekly segment we like to call Controlled Chaos. Brought to you by Keystone Event Staffing. Better people mean better events. Yeah, they're very organized. You know, credit to them. They're playing a very good brand of soccer. Um, 
and they've adopted a little bit more of a transition approach, right? So they're really ruthless in transition. They scored a ton of goals in transition, and they look uh, almost a little bit like us. That is the head coach of St. Louis City SC, Bradley Carnell, his team taking on Vancouver. That's the uh, that's the squad that he was talking about in that clip as the Vancouver Whitecaps make their way to City Park tomorrow. And on the call for MLS and the uh, the season pass is Max Britos, who joins us now on 101 ESPN. Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker. And uh, first of all, Max, thanks for joining us. How you doing? Great, really excited about, uh, uh, I'm heading out to St. Louis here, here in a little bit, and it'll be uh, my first game at City Park, and that alone is something I've circled my calendar for, I'm very excited for, so looking forward to it. Well, we're excited to have you here in town. What did you think of what you heard from Bradley Carnell there, that uh, other teams, specifically Vancouver, have kind of switched up their approach and are, are playing a more aggressive style like SC is? Ah, it's, it's, it's interesting because... That is a style that uh, a lot of teams may run away from. I don't know. If, I'd like to see it kind of flesh out a little bit. And maybe Vancouver, I don't know if it would be too many clubs around the league that would do it. But Vancouver would be a side, I think, that looks at that and says, all right, we have the personnel. Uh, we're a club that um, have a really good spirit about us. So, uh, we have very well coached that could be, uh, that could use that to their favor. So, there might be something to it. It's just it, it, the thing with St. Louis. I think a lot of people were were seeing, were say, thinking that maybe that uh, that approach uh, wouldn't be that sustainable. But uh, we're like 15 weeks into the season, and they're coming off their be- best win of the year, maybe their best 45 minutes against Sporting Kansas City. So hey, why not? Uh, more power to them. I, I, it's, it, I, I love the fact that teams can have styles and in, within this league. Whoever you play, you know that uh, that's attached to a, a certain way of playing. And uh, you see that across the world. And uh, I, I, I love it. Can they pull it off? We'll see. I mean, I'm far, far be it for me to say that they can't because so far they have exceeded all those expectations. Max, what type of problems could Vancouver present for our city this weekend? Vancouver, I mean, they haven't won on the road, but um, I, I would say first and foremost, like this game at the beginning of the season, if you say St. Louis and Vancouver, it's not going to get people too excited. But <laughs> it's completely different now. This is one of the, I'd say, one of the marquee games of the weekend. Obviously, St. Louis is a great story. City Park is a great story, but Vancouver is is plugging away. They are, uh, they have, um, they're healthy. They're getting results. I mean, they've been very busy. They had this Canadian championship game on Wednesday. They actually, one of their better players, Ali Ahmed, uh, uh, suffered a concussion. And, um, you know, that was always the worst case scenario when you're, when you, most of the MLS clubs have a very busy calendar right now. But Vancouver's coming off of that, which is going to affect them. So, I mean, St. Louis, I think, have a, a great prospect against a team that's going to be a bit fatigued. They didn't get a full week of training and is uh, is also dealing with a, a, a couple injuries there. But uh, they've, they've been very impressive here. I mean, they, this is a club that didn't make the playoffs. They play with two number 10s, and they're both very good. And, I, I, again, like the way St. Louis does something that other teams in the league can't, Vancouver, uh, they usually play with the back three. Uh, sometimes they'll play with the back four, but they do like to, to instill those two number 10s, Ryan Gold and Pedro Vite. And they're both very good at what they do. So, I mean, I think that's what St. Louis has to be careful about, seeing a team that 
um, has two guys that can distribute, two guys that can support, can kind of go up and down and uh, control a game as well if they have to. Uh, what's going to be interesting is the possession um, the possession numbers because I think both teams would like normally the other team to possess the majority of the ball and uh, certainly in Vancouver State beat you on transition, beat you on counterattack. But in a case like this game, it's going to be interesting to see uh, somebody's going to have to play the ball. Somebody's going to have to possess. And my guess is Vancouver's going to eventually be the team that's going to get a little bit more of it. Uh, and they had two good number 10s. So that, that this is, even though Vancouver hasn't won on the road, uh, they're pretty well, and they're tired, and they're going to have, a, they're gonna have a, a, a difficult week. I think those two guys are going to give them a really good chance. And this is a team that's playing well overall. They're in the playoff position. Max, St. Louis City has been dealing with some injuries. Rasmus Alm has missed time. Uh, Yao Klaus, who we affectionately call Santa Klaus, has missed some games as well. How do they continue to push forward when you're missing? Klaus was leading the team in scoring and, and was up there in the league in scoring. How are they going to continue to have success with those guys being out? Well, I've watched most of the St. Louis games. We, uh, me and Brian Duntes will be on the call. We called a couple St. Louis games when they were on the road up in Seattle and uh, in Salt Lake where they had an incredible performance. Jao Klaus, uh, Elm is, is, is a really important piece, certainly, but Jao Klaus uh, is, is a difference maker. He was handpicked to come to St. Louis and play that role, to score goals, to be disruptive, and he does it really, really well. Uh, I saw Nico Giochini against Sporting Kansas City try and play that role as Jao Klaus. While it's not apples to apples, he doesn't play it in that exact same way. I thought he did some really nice things and some other guys were able to come in and help fill the gaps. Uh, it would be great for them to get Jao Klaus back because I think he does so much for them, helping to helping uh, establish that press, uh, able to stretch the field a little bit. Um, but, you know, they're not going to get any sympathy from other clubs because everyone's kind of dealing with it. Um, MLS is going through a gauntlet right now in the schedule. There was a midweek round for most teams last week. There's going to be a midweek round coming up. A lot of teams had open cup. So either they're dealing with injuries or they're dealing with uh, having to rest players. So uh, St. Louis, while that injury this isn't as long as some other teams, I think the job Klaus part, you saw how it affected them. Can Nico Giochini kind of fill that role again? That is probably the key uh, in my estimation. But it looked really well. He scored a goal. And uh, Indy Vasilev and uh, Jared Stroud behind him are also uh, – massive parts to St. Louis finding success. But it's uh, that's a big one. I mean, Jean Klaus, after the first six weeks of the season, he was an MVP candidate. This injury, obviously, I was kind of taking him off that top line, maybe, and get back there. But uh, I, you know, I was speaking to Bradley Carnell yesterday, and you know, they know it's like we've got to – we've told everyone what's what about this club and how we get results, and people – uh, you were handpicked to be on this team. You've got to deliver when we call your name. Uh, I think he feels confident about his player base. Max Britos will have the call on MLS season pass. You mentioned that this will be yeah. your first trip to City Park. You've watched the games, obviously, and uh, you've seen what this park is like. I've, I've watched other stadiums, and it, it seems like this one is unique. What have you been told, Max, about what makes City Park unique in MLS? Seeing what I've seen when I watch on TV, and you know, a lot of the, the the one thing that people will say was like, no one sits down, and that's a real commitment. I always love that, and I always tune in to see maybe they're going to sit down today, the fans. They never do, uh, and I love that. Uh, 
I, I love the fact that it's very organic. Like, for instance, the sporting game came up, and they want to give the name. They want to give this rivalry a name. They said, "We don't have one. We're not going to force it." So, uh, even everything they do in the in the stadium, there's nothing that they're imitating. It's it's what comes naturally to that fan base. And I, I did enjoy the STL chance. That you always look for something that you you look forward to when you go to see a game there. Um, but it, it's just electric. It, it looks. It's such a lovely, intimate setting. Um, it, it, that's what it's supposed to look like. It's suppo- you're supposed to walk into that stadium, and it takes you away to a different place. Uh, it's, it, it also is an extension. You know, for years, I've been in soccer for longer than I care to mention. And you always hear about this soccer, this soccer culture in St. Louis. And I would always go, okay, okay, sure, sure, whatever you say. And you would hear a story and you would do your due diligence and learn about it. But you never really saw it. And this is the first time, I think, where the world can see exactly how euphoric St. Louis is about this sport and how, how, how connected they are. Because, uh, you know, I would tell my, my colleague, Brian Dunson, everything about City Park looks like it's been there for 20 years. And it's been there for a few weeks. It feels like those supporters sat down or, or stood up at the place that they were last year. But uh, I've never really seen that before. It's it just, it's like, an, it, it was, it was meant to be, it's crazy that it took St. Louis to get this long a club because everything you see in that stadium suggests that it's been there for a while. And I think that's a testament to how intertwined that community is in whatever way, whether they watch, whether it's the, whether it's they watch the uh, university soccer, whether it's high school and the, the, the schools that they play, whether it's the neighborhoods, how they play each other, how they, or whether it's just them watching soccer on TV of the Premier League or whatever. Clearly, they, that's part of their, their everyday life. And then this club and this stadium appeared, and they just just stepped right into it like it was, like it was a nice jacket, you know? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's really impressive. And it, it just goes to show that everything I was ever told about St. Louis was 100% completely true, and I can't wait to experience it. Max, how important is a healthy Blom in stopping Vancouver's uh, heavy transition style? I, there was a play in sporting. Uh, I forgot it led to a goal. I forgot which goal. But he had this full-blooded tackle that uh, turned the ball over. Um, he went to ground. He, he stood up, made the pass, and I think it was one of the Vasilev goals. Uh, he, he, you know, he was a guy that no one really talked about at the beginning. He hadn't really come into the lineup. And I think he's only made three starts or something about that. But uh, uh, Brad Carnell uh, identified this player in South Africa. Brad Carnell's a South African as well, as a guy that made sense for this team. And now that you see it, you can see why he is part of it. But that center of the park, he's going to need some help. Because, you know, Vancouver can get going really quickly. But Blom is a, is a guy that I expect to see a lot more playing time. He's a classic number six. I think he has the number six on his jersey. And that, that position, uh, the way St. Louis plays, because it goes so quickly. If he can win the ball, get to his feet, and start their own transition, it's a game changer for St. Louis. I and mean, he's really good at what he does. And uh, it's exciting to see. This sport is crazy because, you know, we're, we're, they're looking for talent all over the world and you're competing with all these leagues all over the world. 
And because of Bradley Carnell and his, his uh, resources and his connections in South Africa, they were able to identify Jabulo Blom. So uh, I expect him to be a bigger part of what St. Louis does. He's a really good player, and uh, he's very specific to that position. So I think that's a, that's a, he has moved up the pecking order of importance when you're talking about that St. Louis roster. Max, great to have you with us on the show. Thanks so much for the time. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your time here in St. Louis, and we'll be tuned in tomorrow night. Thank you, Andy and Carrie. It's been first class with everyone from the club and the community and the and the folks on the on the radio station have me on. So we're so thrilled to have you guys in the league. I'm really pumped to be able to experience this the first time. I'll be there again the following week for Houston. So I'm going to get my uh, I'm going to get my St. Louis walk around privileges over the next. <laughs> Love it. Thank you, Max. Take care. Max Britos, he'll have the call tomorrow night on MLS Season Pass for St. Louis City SC and the Vancouver Whitecaps. Next up, we've got Rock and Roll coming your way on 101 ESPN. We're here till 11 on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. It's time for Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. Matthew, what do you got for us? You guys know I'm I'm usually the positive one on the show, right? Nah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sunshine. I'm usually, yeah, Sunshine and Lollipops sunshine all the time. Exactly. Oh, this is going to be a good Everything one. that's wonderful is what I feel when we're together. And Gary feels the setup. Yeah, it is a complete setup. Well, we talked to uh, JR, our, our good friend at over at the Athletic, the Blues Insider, and we talked a lot about the, the NHL playoffs. Didn't talk too much about the Blues, but he actually just dropped an article about an hour ago talking about the Blues' chances to maybe trade some of these defenders that are that are clogging up mm-hmm. the blue line and clogging up the Blues' cap space. He sat down with one of his colleagues over at the athletic Shana Goldman, who's one of the, who's an analytic and, and kind of a cap and contract guru, and they went through what are the possibilities, what teams could they look to trade for, who could be a possible candidate for Colton Pareko, Nick Letty, Tori Krug, and Marco Scandella. And there was not a positive, there was not a like, yeah, this is a great fit and this is the trade I could see happening. This is where they get rid of the money. This is where they open up a spot. They tried about 15 different trades, about two or three uh, um, options for each player, and not a single one seemed to click with between Shayna and Jeremy Rutherford. This kind of gets into why the defense conversation with the Blues was never really that interesting because there's not a good answer to it. They're no, just really kind of they're no. just kind of stuck. Yeah, I asked him yesterday, or what, was it yesterday we had him on? I, I wanted to know if there was a possibility of bringing in another defenseman and and it was essentially who are they going to trade because you have to have I guess there's no way to bring in another person when you got those guys on the roster under contract and not moving anywhere if you're another general manager do you really look at the blues defenseman and say you know what you guys make some six and a half million a year I'm gonna go to my owner and advocate for that guy which one of those guys do you Go to your owner and say, I think this guy is worth six and a half million a year for seven, eight years, four years. I can't put myself in another GM's shoes and say, Colin Pareko. Eight years at six and a half based on his last couple of years? 
but you we, who we've talked to numerous people and and mm-hmm. everyone has said if you don't have Colton Pareko on your team, you're looking for Colton Pareko on your team. Right, right. So as much as Blues fans and 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 media members may not feel that he's performing at the level of his contract, there are other organizations that are waiting for a guy that size with the ability to skate to do all of the things that he does here. Don't we disagree. Are maybe not thrilled by no. it because we see it every day. And maybe they won't be once they see it every day either, but there are plenty of teams that are looking for a guy like that. There are, but I don't know if they're looking for him through 2030 at yeah. six and a half a year. How old is he right now? 20, is 29, he I think. Is he 30? Uh, goes 30. Yeah. So, and, and I, I don't, that's eight years at six and a half per. I mean, it, there is uh, Tory Krug. No, no, no. Justin nope, Falk? Nope. Falk could be the closest thing. You would think teams would the want... Blues, he's you, he that, is your number one. Is he right. a number one? Probably not. But he's your number one. Is he... Would, would If you were an opposing team, you would take Falk over Krug? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's that's kind of the breakout here. You know, the, when you when you look at the Pareko one, you know, the Senators or the Sabers could be a good option, but will the Blues really take that much of a hit to their blue line by, by making Colton Pareko the trade? He looks in the Tory Krug one. The best option there is maybe a team like the Blackhawks, who has cap room but need a veteran player yeah. to kind of give a Connor Bedard in that young locker room maybe some leadership going forward. But then it's you know why would a team want Nick Letty for four more years? Why would a team want to deal with Marco Scandella? And it's just it's it's a great job by Shana and, and, and JR, kind of chapter and verse of why the Blues blue line situation is so tough and why, if you want to talk about a Blues trade, I'm here all day to talk draft trades because the blue line trades and the defendation trades are just d- depressing. I actually, Scandella, when he came back from injury, I thought didn't play poorly. I thought he actually did some good things. Uh, I, I, You know, I love Callie Rosen, I, but I don't Callie think... Callie Rosen... But I don't think he's going anywhere or anyone wants no. to uh, make the trade for him. But and he doesn't make any money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Tory Krug would be the name that I think, as you said, Rock, a veteran kind of guy that but he you're can. You're going to have to give Chicago a pick, not 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 a high one, but just what are because you getting in return. Are, you're going to have to. What are you getting in return from Tory Krug? That's what you're getting in return. That's the, but but Doug Doug Armstrong doesn't pay player doesn't pay teams to take his contracts. No, no. I'd like him to, but he's he. It's not in I'm his not mo. Giving up a. Yeah, no, not in a pick, and 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 that's a, kind of what pick in return comes out in this article is that a lot of these situations they make sense if you have a GM who's willing to just tie on a pick. And again, I think that now is the time to bite the bullet. If it's not going to be on a buyout, then saying here's a third round pick, thanks for taking that money for us, you know, because you're a, a young team that has a ton of cap room but wants assets. I would I would hope that's kind of where the you know kind of where the water meets the edge, if you will. You know, you kind of got to finally make that dive in, and I think that could be it. Well, they have, I think, they got three draft picks in the first round, correct? And I think we're going to see two. I think we're going to see, they're going to combine, I think, two of those picks to move up a little bit further from 10 to probably, I would guess, seven is is my guess Mm. right now. Yeah, I don't know. Because that's kind of where there seems to be a line between the top eight prospects, and then and then there's a little bit of a gap, and then there's the next chunk in a fairly good draft. So I think you you jump up there and try to get one of those first six seven guys. The only issue that I I don't know you have to you're going to be waiting for that player to go through the minors and prepare and Hopefully become. Not. Hopefully, it's one he, of the, he's a guy that comes right away. Usually, there's. 
five or six guys who who can be a, a one or two year guy. You know, it's not always it's a good draft, so you're hoping that it's it's you know that sixth or seventh guy is still a guy who can come up in two years instead of three or four. Hmm. That's why I don't want Mishkov. By the way, that's I know I know there's a certain host BK who uh, want to trade up and take a, a Matev Mishkov, who's a, this unbelievable right winger who's playing in Russia, but he's under contract in the KHL through 2026. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not about that action. We already at have all. that guy. We already, have, we already traded for that guy. Yeah, and and and, they, and don't forget they got unconscionably Clim lucky. Clim, oh, Clim, Clim Costum was the guy. Yeah, and and, and <laughs> if you want to go even back him? further, when when they got Tarasenko, they got unconscionably lucky mm-hmm. with how fast he came over and how willing he was. He only, I mean, that's the thing with Russians; they get him because teams think they're not going to jump over. So I don't know why you you'd go with a Mishkov. He's talented, but the, there's there's got to be a, a winger or a defender somewhere in the, in that top ten that 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 fits better there. And hopefully it is because you sure, I, I think so. I hope so. There's got to be, right? They need more talent, especially defender. If you tell me the best option for them is a defenseman at 10, but it's going to take him three years to get here, I'll say that I'm okay with that one because they are completely bereft right now of defenseman talent in the long term. But think about when you finally, when you wait for a guy and he's he's seasoned and you get him on your team, how he how, how he just explodes like and the talent yeah. shines. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> Neil Yakupov, like when that happened and the, uh, and the Blues got him when he was go, ready to... No, that didn't work. It, it, oh, sorry. No? No. I thought you were about to make... I th- honestly, I thought you were about to go Jordan Walker on me there. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I was going, I, I was going <laughs> I with the uh, the Russian guy. Was the, the Russian guy. Neil yeah, Yakupov. I'm good with that one. Yeah. So, hey, the Blues, the Blues blue line, it's going to be great, guys. See, I'm positive. Yeah, well, they get a new coach. They're gonna, gonna have a new defensive coach. That's true. So I I, I just want to see more effort from everyone. I do too. Just Col- is Colton gonna get a new on. back? How uh, long he had a week? About a about a week back. <laughs> CD. Uh, How dare you? <laughs> so, thank you, Matthew. You're welcome. That's rock and roll coming up. Uh, we are still here for the uh, ten o'clock hour. It is Memorial Day weekend, and therefore Tim McKernan, he's not going to be here. It's ten a.m. already, huh? Gosh, no. Uh, so we've got a Memorial Day barbecue draft coming up here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's a holiday, and that means that we are going to have a holiday food draft because that's just what we do here. Uh, Carrie, Always. Matthew, and Randy. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's a great thing. Uh, I I know that all of us have gotten our scouting staffs together to make sure that we have the best power rankings that we can possibly have. I'm very excited about my power rankings, and we just did rock, paper, scissors during the break and determined that Randy has the first pick in the uh, the draft. Carrie is going to go second in this snake draft, and Matthew gets to go third. So, Hot corner. Yeah, you get to go three and four. Uh, and, and gentlemen, I'm just going to race up. Uh, well, let me start with Roger Goodell. The 2023... Opening drive draft, Memorial Day food draft, is now in session. Randy Carricker is on the clock. With the first selection in the 2023 Memorial Day foods draft, Randy Carricker selects 
Ribs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, come Gosh, on. Darn it. The number one pin. No, number one on everyone's draft board. Fine. Yeah. Fine. Uh, fine. It was obvious. It was. Oh, yeah, uh, it was. Uh, this was like Andrew Luck or John Elway. <laughs> it was that obvious. Uh, That's fair. Mm. All right, Kerry. Well, that that obviously I was prepared for that, but hoping that you went in a different direction. I, I know what this. I am going to go. I'm going to go with the cheeseburger. Well done. Cheeseburger for me. On a great bun, as as our friend uh, Mike told us, just a little bit of crunch to the bun. You you, you grill the bun just a little bit, and Mm -hmm. you have that crunch. A a, a smash burger, a huge burger, not one of those skimpy things. Cheeseburger for me. Big time. Oh, cheeseburger. Hot corner. Oh, I love where I'm at right now. My first pick's easy. I know what my first round pick is. Uh, um, I picks in. I thought Kerry was gonna take this one, so I'm gonna steal it from him. Give me some wings. Oh, Give me okay. some chicken wings in my first round. Well and done. as I'm on the other side, I'm sticking with protein. The question is, which one of the two am I gonna get? Which which safety am I picking? The free safety or the hard hitting strong safety? And I'm gonna go with the hard hitting strong safety. Bratwurst is my second oh, round pick. Good. I'm glad. It's well done. I'm glad it's to well, hear it. Well played. Okay. Very nice. Cool. That's Thank a, yeah, you. Uh, this has gone. Oh, uh, Carrie. This is Carrie gone, with the going. American classic one, too. I know <laughs> what this is going to be. I'm going to actually go with brisket. Oh, yes. well done. Yeah. Okay. I thought the classic American combo, Carrie. Oh, well. Mm-mm. Okay, then. Mm-mm. All right. Nope. Fair enough. I thought you enjoyed it there. I thought you enjoyed it more meat for my, for my right. food, fair for enough. my plate. Make it a little heavier. All right. <laughs> like I have a heavy plate. I'm going to take the first side of the day. I'm going with uh, baked beans. I was hoping it came back around. Randy Mm. going to the side early with the baked beans. Mm. And I've got back-to-back choices. And I am, uh, I'm going to surprise you guys. I'm going double sides here. What? Randy, don't do it. I'm doing potato salad. Okay. All right. We can can survive. Oh. All right. Potato so, salad for salad. Yep. And I, okay. I I already know what my uh, I already know what my fourth rounder is going to be. This is going to be spectacular. I'm going to have the best. I'm going to have one of those situations where I didn't even realize that that, that choice would be there and you guys are going to be stunned. I'm stunned. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little disappointed that you went baked beans because that was going to be my next choice. I was really looking forward. Our scouting departments are quite similar. Yeah, I was looking forward to, to baked beans being on the uh, on the board mm-hmm. still. Unfortunately, it, is, it has fallen off. So I'm going to go with the side. I'm going to go with mac and cheese. <laughs> I, I, that was next on my list. Yep, mac and cheese. I, yep. I got to get a little bit of that. Get that in, on that plate. Like I said, heavy plate is my uh, is my goal. Do you eat day. it with a fork? Yeah, definitely. Good. I have enough spoons here. Yeah, good. I like oh, that. I'm feeling so good about this draft. Here we go. I got two picks back to back to all but finish out the, the the plates. And you know what? I don't care if it's a little heavy on the meat. I'm going with another protein here to finish out round three. I got the wings. I got the bratwurst. Give me some pulled pork sandwiches. I wanted that one too. All right. Sorry about you, Carrie. And I, I, I gotta get some sides in here. So my next pick's in. 
Another American classic. Give me some plain potato chips with French onion dip. Nice. You can have it. Potato chips. And dip. Chips. chips and dip is my is my round yeah. four pick. Right back to you, Carrie Davis. Sitting outside, 85 oh. degrees. You say, oh, give me some of that Dean's French onion dip, would you? Every okay. Time. Every time. Randy, your 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 decision still is um, it's haunting you. It, it is. It's it's so difficult because I had my plate planned out. I like to have a mixture, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, the food, and I like all my food touching. Like I, I want it's all sure. going to the okay. same place. So I, I this pick was supposed to be my fifth round, my 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 last pick, but I'm I'm gonna have to go with it now. It I, Rock has talked about it. You know. Can stand alone, even though if I had baked beans touching it, nah, we're gonna go a little cornbread. Cornbread, oh, yeah, cornbread. Cornbread. Okay. If I had the baked carry. beans touching it, just a little bit of sauce next to it, slop it up. Now I gotta just throw a little bit more of barbecue sauce on my brisket. Nice cornbread. Good, good job. Uh, and I anticipated that this was going to happen, gentlemen, and it has just fallen into my lap. I'm in St. Louis, Missouri. Summertime. It's a pork steak. Oh, nice. Yes, Randy. That's fantastic. Good job. My team now has oh, ribs and pork steak for my proteins, baked beans and potato salads for my sides, and now I get the first dessert choice. Mm. Guys, we can go a lot of different directions here. A lot of different directions. Sure, we can go. We're already, you know, in on the St. Louis thing. So don't do it, Randy. We could go gooey butter cake. Don't do it, Randy. Could go cookie cake. I love cookie cake. Mm. Love all kinds of ice cream. But I'm going to go cherry pie. Oh. 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 You know I'm fine with that. I am too. I wasn't going to touch that. Uh, yeah, because you don't think what mm. fruit should not be hot. Okay. With mode. With mode. By <laughs> with the mode, way. Of course, of course. What was your fourth round pick? I, I, I missed. It was that a one. pork steak, sir. Pork steak. Ah, yes. The St. Louis. Pork steak, yes. Well, I am thankful because you 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 flirted with one of the names. You you decided to go in a different direction, and I am full fledged sprint to the podium. <laughs> give me some gooey butter cake you did right go now. With it. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. give it to me. Need it all too. Nothing wrong with that. You know, chocolate chip gooey butter cake is great. Have you chocolate ever had chocolate chip, chip gooey butter? butter? I have not. Chocolate chip gooey butter cake. Wait, what? Delicious. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, text in if there's a yeah, place now. You got a bakery? You got a bakery in mind? Is, it, uh, is, it, is that Blue Sky Cafe out of Winghaven still open? They used to have really good gooey butter cake. Tell me if there's a place that you know of. There, Miss Hullings had unbelievable gooey butter cake back in the day when it existed. Text in right now, 314-399-9646, if you know a place that has fantastic chocolate chip gooey butter cake. Hmm. I, I'm i so glad you guys left me with this one. As soon as I was making my bracket, this was like the second or third thing that came to my mind. Me and Carrie are kind of in the same mind because both of our desserts have a little powdered sugar sprinkled on top. I'm going with a very simple, just give me some brownies for oh, my dessert. Brownies at, is a really nice barbecue. play. I'm going really with brownies. Nice That's play. a good choice. Yep. I won't... I won't yeah, I actually didn't even think that. of them, but it's a really nice choice. Yeah. That, 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 that little square pan, a little bit yeah, of the powdered sugar yeah, on top. Yeah, Give yeah, me a corner piece yeah. with a little little bit of bite to yeah, it. Absolutely, 100%. I can, I can, I can see that. Uh, there's some really good UDAs out there. There really are. Corn on the cob. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Love it. 
Grilled veggies can never go wrong with grilled veggies. Pasta salad. Nobody did pasta salad. Nobody did the standard American hot dog. No, no, yeah, hot dog. I thought Carrie was going. To, I thought Carrie was going to yeah, go hot dog I, with I, cheeseburger. I, I, I yeah, thought no, so. And then, no. and then it's sitting you here. Said, I, I sitting would here rather. As a I would rather a bratwurst than a hot dog. I, I got and you, you on took that it, one. so yeah. I, I had to move in a different direction. Yeah. Baked beans and bratwurst were on my list. Randy, you kind of you threw me for for a loop there, going in the second round with baked beans. <laughs> What are you doing? I stole one of yours. You yeah. definitely did. Well, you so Bratz was definitely going to be gone by the time I selected in round three. Because mm-hmm. Bratz would have been my third round choice that wound up being potato salad. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy. I Sure, do, do I have any real vegetables? No, but I don't introduce vegetables to my body anyway. <laughs> so what are the, Does your body reject them? Like, what is, yeah, what is this? Yeah, what, what is happening here? <laughs> Dad, what are you doing to us? So uh, here, are the, here are the teams. And Matthew will put this up on the Twitter machine, and we'll find out actually who you think has the best Memorial Day menu. I've got ribs, baked beans, potato salad, pork steak, and cherry pie. Carrie has cheeseburgers, brisket, mac and cheese, cornbread, and gooey butter cake. You're heavy on the protein and and starch, too, so I'm fine with that. And Rocchio has wings. Brats, pulled pork sandwiches. <laughs> chip, none of us have a vegetable. <laughs> no, Chips and dip and brownies. We don't in the group. We, we don't have a single for? vegetable. <laughs> what is that? Who for? needs them? This, bar- this is a barbecue. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to a not going to a garden party. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well done. Good job. Uh, coming up next year on 101 ESPN, we've got Matthew's Hill to Die on. We get a 10 o'clock hour. And we're going to have. We got to give you this segment. It's next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's a strong take. It's one of the best takes ever. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. That's my opinion! Well, opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one. He's out of line, but he's right. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. People that have been at this uh, Hubbard radio thing longer than I have. Marshall Rice, our chief engineer, is one of them. He's in the studio with us now, and he's getting us ready. He's actually going to put us on YouTube. We're going to, Carrie, we're going to wind up on people's screens. How do you feel about that? Wonderful thing. Yeah. I'm sure people look forward to seeing our interactions every morning. (laughs) Marshall just told me that I have a face for TV, which shocked me. We're going to have great fun, and I, I am excited because people will get to see all the all of the shenanigans that take place, you can yeah. see Rock almost passing out. We, that would have been spectacular. Yep, that was a that was one for the history books that yesterday. Gone viral. Oh my god! It <laughs> <laughs> would have been very unfortunate. <laughs> the sheer panic. No one wants to see <laughs> that. Went through. He's like, ah! I'm like, what the heck is going on yeah. over there? So we're looking forward to that in the very near future. It's yes, time indeed. for hills that Rock will die on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. First of all, we got a very odd text about that. If you choose a hill to die on, you should be dead for all other opinions. You uh, get one. Oh. Well, mm. What do you got for you us? Get one. All right. This 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 might one seem kind of odd, but when you when you know the fact that I had to I had a oh. I went to a high school where I had to cut <laughs> my hair. Odd. It uh, it makes more sense. <laughs> okay. There is nothing inherently unprofessional about having long hair. I will agree with that. Actually, I I finally found yes, a hill. 
that I will walk up with you on and die on, Matthew, because is, I also had long hair at one point. This has been an issue for me since, obviously, I, I was in high school and I, and I bucked up against it. Now, here's the thing. I had short hair in high school. I didn't, like, naturally, like, want to grow long hair. That didn't that didn't happen until I was a little bit older. But when, my, when I would ask the question, because, as you guys have learned, I can't just take... I just can't just take no. it for face value. I have no. to ask, why do I have to do this thing? To everything. And, and the response to why your hair couldn't touch certain lengths was simply, it's unprofessional like that. And my response was simply, should, doesn't it matter if I, what if I comb my hair? What if I come in here, my hair's short, but it's a complete mess. Is that not more unprofessional? I would usually get yelled at and told to stop talking and, and walk away at that point. But I'm here to continue the discussion past that point here on 101 ESPN. There is nothing inherently long about having long hair. It's all about how you keep it. In fact, I'll go even one point further, Carrie. This is where you're going to disagree with me because I need to naturally take it to a space where Carrie gets mad at me. <laughs> There's nothing inherently unprofessional about coloring your hair a certain way either. Uh, and now you've gone. That's a little bit too far. Yellow? Because if, exactly. If you, if you purple. It's, it's, it, is, it is the most... It is the mo- it is the least like consequential decision you can make in your personal life. Hair's gonna grow least? back. It, it's one of the least. Hair's yeah. hair's gonna grow back. It's it's not gonna always. It's, it, the, the color you had before is gonna grow out again. It's, it's really not that big of a deal, it, and it, it doesn't is, show somebody's poor decision making if they choose to do something crazy because it's hair. It's always gonna be able to re- reset. Is part of being a professional being a team player? There's an yes. aspect of it. Yes. No, 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 no. Does, yeah. having, yes. does yeah. having lemon yellow hair tell people it's all about me? Hmm. That's a very intriguing question. Does wearing a brightly colored shirt tell everybody it's about no. you? No. No. Why is it different? Because the shirt will change tomorrow. I, my hair can change tomorrow. If you say, so, <laughs> he's never wrong. No. I'm just so, saying, my, my hair can't change. That's so what I'm saying. I, I it's, a go very, back to, it's a very variable thing that, that doesn't stick for long periods of time. So it doesn't show, it doesn't show like bad decision making because it's, it's not something that you have to live with for a long period of time. It doesn't affect, you know, how people, how, you know, actually affect other people in your life. It's just a color. So if our general manager, John Kioski, walks in here on Tuesday with lemon yellow hair. You say, oh, that really looks professional. I would be so happy. No, you would. I want to go back to your... I want to go back to... Good for you. Again, but here's my thing. Is it only is it is it inherently unprofessional, or have we decided there are there are certain norms that we just refuse to move past? Let those? me put it this way: Yes, there are. Because if you are interviewing for a job and mm-hmm. you walk in with lemon yellow or pink hair, you're probably not going to get that. Job. Probably not depending on where you're job. where you're going. Okay, and the, and the rationale there is because I'm not going to get that job because the pink hair shows that because I'm, they don't think that you are serious or professional or are going to take care of the business that is at hand and that's we need and and i think that line of logic so here's the thing no 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 no. your your the first time you meet someone is extremely important as to how you present yourself Mm -hmm. if you present Mm -hmm. yourself in a certain way people are going to assume that you are that way is that fair maybe not but that's the first impression of someone is that's who that person is. That's how they are. And if you are coming into an interview at a place where you don't know anyone, and that's the first impression that that they get of you. Now, if you're at that place for five years and you show up one day with purple hair, oh, that's just rock being rock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, not a, it's not a big deal. But your first impression of meeting someone, if that's how they meet you and how you carry yourself, if, if the first time you meet someone, they're extremely disrespectful, you're going to assume that they are always disrespectful. But that's it, a, but that's an inherently negative thing. Me having blue hair isn't an inherently negative thing. It that may not be it negative, but it is. It is way. how I see you and how I how mm-hmm. how I feel you are being represented, especially for a job interview. But again, that's, by the that's, way, 
Why is, yeah, well, I'm going to make that distinction. Your initial comment between long hair or short hair or messy hair, between that and coloring your hair in a particular please, way. Please I, I do think that you, we know people that have long hair mm-hmm. that are exceedingly professional. Yes. Yes. I, th- I draw a distinction between the way you color your hair Correct. and the way you wear your hair. Can I, can I ask you a question real quick? Uh, you said you're, you, you mentioned the I'm high school, questions right now, yes. um, a high school that you went to yeah. that, that shunned you because of your it ideology and because of your, your, your opinions. Like yeah, but I don't blame them, by the way. Are you saying that that particular school does not uh, accept individuality? Are you saying that they are not a school that people should uh, be, them, that they cannot be themselves? That, that sounds like a terrible place for someone to go. Speaking from a high school pub- public school coach, mm-hmm. just me personally saying that. I think... I think that private institutions uh, go at uniforms the way they do, partially to limit individuality so that their kids don't have as many issues in certain ways. And I think I think there's a good re- I think they have good reasoning for it, and I think there is. And in my opinion, I think mm. there's some negative reasoning for it. I wouldn't want to go pay for a place where I can't be myself. So what if you show up at that school with lemon yellow hair? They do not react to that very well. Okay. Mm. And my again, my thought. And Why? See, I, and listen, you're not wrong. I would never. I'm not going to show up to a job interview with red hair. My point is though, a job interview is supposed to is supposed to talk is my qualifications and how I'm going to fit there. Why does my hair being red <laughs> tell you anything negative about me? Because again, I'm not being a bad person. I'm not. Being, I'm, I haven't made a decision that's that's actually going to affect anything other than the fact of my hair color, which again is a very superficial thing that doesn't matter in the long long term. I got one things. real quick. Okay. We, we got a text in, and this person says, "Randy and Carrie, give it up." I've known Rock since he was a young kid, and oh he's God. always been like this. <laughs> that's, that's not the point of this. No, no definitely the point of your heel denial. Let me make, make two quick points here. I hope that my gray hair doesn't tell people that I'm unprofessional. <laughs> right, yeah. How dare you have that color, Randy? And the consummate professional, professional in our building is Michael Ryder, who just got his hair cut within the last couple of weeks. And uh, you, nobody would ever judge Mike Ryder, anybody who knows him, based upon yeah, the if, length of his hair. He's the consummate professional. If Ryder walked in right now, though, with, a, with his hair the color of his of his shirt right now, it wouldn't affect me in any way, shape, or form. He'd get his job well, done the exact same way. How thing. long has Rock, How long have you been here, Mike's Ryder? been there longer years? than me. 15 years? Yeah. Yeah. Nah. So, <laughs> so if he came in here with that color hair, you would be like, "Oh, what's going on?" It's right? different you when, when you when somebody has established themselves Correct. as professional as opposed to showing up in their first week on the job. I, I, again, I'm not, I, I'm it's, it's a bias, right? You guys, it's you're right. Yeah. And that's the thing is, there's and a it's bias, not fair. And it's no. not, but it's, it is life, it and is it's not it rooted in anything other than the world tells us that if you have blue hair. You're, you're, you're off a little bit, and that's it. And here's another thing. You can come in with a suit and be perfectly coiffed and be the most unprofessional person in the world. Correct. And that and, and that was, and that's, I, I decided to dive into the deep end because I wasn't going to get as much pushback from so, you guys. But the, the bigger thing is, is people my entire life have been telling me, why don't you, you cut your hair? You're an adult. You're a man. Why don't you have, like, cut your hair, make it shorter? I'm just like, none of those things are connected. You're just, you're just saying words. Here's, I just, for me, when my hair is long, it just doesn't feel good. I wish I had long hair. I was going to say, this person just text, texted this in. Tattoos used to be that mindset as well. Yeah, people right. used to I'm glad it changed. With tattoos, you were extremely unprofessional. Now it's just art. It's just a way to, uh, you know, how you represent yourself and how you show, you know, your 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 side. You remember the Ethan Westbrook story, the Rams defensive end? Yeah, yeah he had a tattoo a, on his face. He, he got a face tat. He said, 
he was asked, why do you have a face tat? He said, well, I really wanted to play football, and I didn't want to have a plan B. There you go. And if you walk in for a job interview right. and you got a face tat, you're probably not going to get hired. So 2004, I got a tattoo on my neck for that same reason. <laughs> I knew go. I was not going to have a seat. It's your initials, right? job. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's <laughs> it your initials, initials right? yes. Yeah. Sure. Thank you, Matthew. The face tattoo will work for me. Yes, the okay. blues one when they win the Stanley Cup. We're waiting. Right. Got one. Oh yeah, that's we've got photos. <laughs> we've got mock-ups of that. Yes, for Turn Matthew. Away. Uh, coming up next, the Enjoy Illinois 300 is a week from this weekend. We're going to talk to Chris Blair from WWT Raceway next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. chance to get to the inaugural Enjoy Illinois 300 last year over Worldwide Technology Raceway, and it was fantastic. And this year, it's going to be even better. That's Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and we go to the Celebrity Line now, and our friend Chris Blair, Executive Vice President and GM of WWT Raceway, joins us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Chris, always good to have you with us. How are you doing this morning? Well, I'm honored to be on the Celebrity Line. I never thought of myself that way. Doing great. (laughs) <laughs> good, good to hear. And I know, I said how great it was last year. I know that the the race and not just the race, but everything surrounding the race is bigger and better than ever this year. Yeah, and that was one of the things last year. We we were kind of finding our way, you know, first time event. We wanted to see exactly uh, how things were going to play out and what we needed to do and uh, where we could push and expand. And uh, once we get that baseline last year, we've been on the gas since uh, – really since June the 5th of last year, just preparing for this year's event. And uh, a lot of things, a lot of new changes. Uh, our new infill garage experience is going to be absolutely spectacular. And just in the overall entertainment of all the things that we're doing, we're really packing a lot into a weekend of racing. Yeah, I want to start with the entertainment and all of the musical acts that are coming with the Confluence Music Festival. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. This is the vision of Worldwide Technology and the Steward Family Foundation to really put together a showcase of all types of music with a heavy emphasis on our local uh, musical acts. Uh, And, you know, the lineup is simply amazing. You know, Saturday night, uh, Flo Rida will be performing shortly after the NASCAR truck race. Uh, Then on Sunday, uh, Dirk's Belly is the post-event show, his only appearance in uh, St. Louis market for uh, this year, and uh, he's going to be the post-event show. But leading up to the race, we have Brothers Osborne and Bailey Zimmerman. And Bailey, who's only 90 mi- grew up only 90 miles away from the racetrack here, uh, he's the hottest thing in country music right now. So this is kind of like uh, you know getting a deal with Garth Brooks back when he was playing the county fair, and then he explodes overnight. Uh, that's kind of how this is shaping up for us. It's going to be an incredible performance for that young man. Chris, if I'm a novice racing fan and I want to learn about racing, which one would you suggest that a, that a person gets into and, and, and really spark their interest to, to continue them to watch? Would it be drag racing, NASCAR, Indy, Formula One? Which one do, would you suggest is the best one for someone just starting out? Well, you know, I kind of look at it from a couple different angles. If you're really a gearhead, really into high horsepower and the mechanical side of racing, I always kind of steer people towards NHRA just because of the uh, sheer horsepower and uh, the influence that it has. You know, and if, uh, if, if, but if it's like the hard competition with a lot of beating and banging and intensity with the close finishes, 
yeah, that's when I kind of send everybody uh, over towards the NASCAR side of things. And with IndyCar, it's more of a technological advancement. If you're more into the uh, the sports car scene, uh, exotic cars, I send everybody that direction. So, you know, we kind of have something for everybody since we're the only track in the country that hosts all three of the major racing series. So it's kind of I have to kind of see who the, uh, the customer mm-hmm. is and then try to help guide them in the right direction. Chris Blair from Worldwide Technology Raceway here on 101 ESPN. And one of the things about this year's NASCAR Enjoy Illinois 300 as well, with all the great access that we have to the garages and and the, the drivers, and you mentioned this right off the top, there's even more access this year, isn't there, if you, if you want to take advantage of it? Yeah, our new Gateway Garage experience and the uh, Enterprise Infield fan zone, uh, it's it's simply amazing. That's one of the things that uh, track owner Curtis Francois and I have done over the last few years. Is we've traveled to other racetracks, and, and we took them in as a fan, and we wanted to see what exactly the fans that we were engaging with, uh, what they liked, what they didn't like, what they would want to see, and what we could do that would be unique to us. And with this new garage experience, you are getting a full 360-degree uh, exp- exposure to racing because you're able to get right up against the cars while the uh, pit crews are, are preparing for the day's racing activities underneath the garage. And then once the racing starts, you can just take a few steps and you can be behind the uh, the pit wall as the crews are working as the race is going on and kind of get to see it from that perspective as well. Uh, plus, you know, plenty of video screens, lots of uh, comfortable seating areas, shade structures, concessions, everything that's going on down there. I mean, it's really a neat place. Just if you don't even want to go to your seat, just stay in the infield and take it all in from the uh, the insider's perspective. We often give the drivers a lot of credit for driving it, but it's really the pit crews that make those things run, isn't it? They they have a lot more pressure. Well, maybe not a lot more, but they have just as much pressure on them as the driver does, correct? Oh, yeah. It really boils down to it. Uh, it it's all what you do on getting in and out of pit road that really matters most. And uh, with the way the sport is structured these days, there's very limited on-track testing time for the drivers themselves. Most of what they're doing is in a simulator. Uh, you know, back in a, a lab back in uh, Charlotte, they all have these simulator rigs that they can uh, practice on. But for the, uh, the teams themselves, pit crew practice is something that they do every single day uh, through the week. They analyze it. They have strength coaches, efficiency experts that monitor every piece of that uh, aspect of the sport. And there's a lot of uh, review and critique and and try to fine-tuning it. And, you know, they're finding that uh, the best pit crew members are folks who, uh, former NFL players or NCAA uh, college football players, who just couldn't make it to the next uh, next level or they're kind of aged out on their career. But this is something they can do where they can use, still uh, keep their athletic ability going strong and uh, get that uh, blood-pumping enthusiasm, <laughs> uh, competitive nature going as well. Well, speaking of that, are there any applications that I can uh, set up for, for me to get my opportunity? A yeah, former NFL player. <laughs> former there. NFL player. Looking to get hey, his juices I, I going again. To to folks. <laughs> I can introduce you to a few folks. Uh, we, we actually hosted a combine here a few years ago uh, for uh, potential pit crew uh, really? members. And it went really well. A lot of folks, for, you know, a lot of Midwestern-based college athletes uh, came out and tried out for it. And several of them landed positions with wow. the current race teams. That's pretty yeah. cool. Hey, Chris, uh, last year the, I noticed – with the renovations to the track, there really isn't a bad seat in the house. What about tickets for the weekend? They're going fast, and uh, that was one of the things we were a little bit worried about is, you know, would there be a sophomore slump this year? Because we see that there's so many people that they kind of have their bucket list, and they always like to go to that first-time NASCAR race, and then they move on somewhere else. It's just kind of the nature of the business. 
But, you know, our uh, retention of our fans was absolutely amazing. You know, we had one group of 10 people that were coming from uh, Washington and Oregon, this one group. They're actually bringing more people and coming back because they had such a good time here last year. And so we're hearing a lot of that, that we delivered such a great show, and everybody loved the Midwest hospitality that they continue to come back. So now as we're here, we are a week out, and we're anticipating that we're probably going to have a sellout announced sometime uh, middle to uh, late next week. So uh, we're pretty pumped up about that to see that uh, that strength is still rolling on. And people can get tickets for the Enjoy Illinois 300. Just go to www.tracewaite.com, and you've got all the breakdowns of not just the, the race itself, but the entire weekend, including the concerts and all the great hospitality that Worldwide Technology Race will provide for the Enjoy Illinois 300. Chris, it's always great to have you with us. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll continue talking about the race up until race day on June 4th over at Worldwide Technology Raceway. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you guys so much. I look forward to seeing you. You bet. See you later. That's Chris Blair from the racetrack here on 101 ESPN. I had never been to a an entire uh, NASCAR race before until mm-hmm. last year. I, I'd seen the, the junior circuit when it was, uh, I think it was called the Bush Series race, but I'd never seen a NASCAR Cup Series race until last year. And y- you got to experience it yeah. once yeah, because it just makes your makes your inside shake. They are loud, yeah. and you don't realize how loud it is, how fast it is. It, it, it was exciting. I went last year, and it was uh, it was fun to watch. It was fun to see, and like I said, it was it was extremely loud. I was, uh, I was, I was taken aback by that. Pretty fun. Yeah. Coming up, we're going to head down the stretch. We got a lot to look forward to this weekend. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to revisit our teams. Do we have the poll up yet on the Twitter machine, Matthew? Yeah, it's up. Okay, and that's on Matthew Rocchio, or is it on One Hundred and One ESPN's page? It is on mine, and you guys can retweet it. Okay, we will retweet it, and we want to get your votes as to who has the best Memorial Day team, the Memorial Day menu, and we'll revisit who has, what our menus are, and then we want you to vote. It's coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Stretch towards BK and Ferrario. If you're looking for some great sports content this weekend, just go to our website, 101ESPN.com. Check out Carrie and Anthony on the Gridiron Guys. You guys have a lot of fun talking football on that podcast. Oh, we have a great time. Anthony and I are. It, it flies by. We get so engulfed in 50 minutes is up, 60 minutes, and we're like, oh, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we, we're done. And so it's a, it's a great time. We, we, we're Right now we're breaking down the divisions, who we think will win, uh, X number of wins or won't make it to that number and who we think is going to be the best teams in the uh, in the league this upcoming season. So check it out either on the app or at 101ESPN.com. Also, make sure that you go to the Twitter machine. Kerry has retweeted our poll. I have retweeted our poll. Matthew has it up at uh, Rock, R-O-C-C, E-S-P-N. And if you'd like to vote on the best Memorial Day menu, Here's the way they shape up. I had the first pick in the draft, and I took ribs. My second choice was baked beans. My third choice was potato salad. I took a pork steak at number four. That's the steal of the draft. And then 
my dessert was cherry pie. So my my proteins are ribs and pork steak. I've got baked beans and potato salad as my sides. Cherry pie is my dessert. Carrie Davis has a cheeseburger and brisket. Great choices. Mm-hmm. And by the way, CD's in the lead right now. He's That's his proteins. He's got fantastic sides, mac and cheese and cornbread with gooey butter cake as his dessert. And then Rocchio went heavy on the proteins with wings, brats, and pulled pork sandwiches. His side is chips and dip and then brownies as the dessert. I'm going to vote for me. I'm going to vote for mine. <laughs> I'm going to vote for mine. But brownies was a great choice because it, it, it did come out of left field. And I don't think yeah. we were expecting that one. It was a, especially when you have the powder on top. Yeah. Yeah, Sign well me. done. Sign me up. Yep. Love it. So, uh, Rock. You... I don't need sides. I'm, listen, listen. Here, here's the thing. I'm thinking of it more. If you guys are p- building one plate, I'm thinking of, I'm making three trips to that buffet table. All right. One trip, chicken wings is my base. Second trip, I got a bratwurst. Third trip, pulled pork Sammy to finish it off. Seems like a, seems I'm, like I'm, a lot. I'm and I'm always going with that chips and dip. <laughs> I don't care where I am. Chips and dip is always good, especially if it's French onion and a ruffle or a lay. And the the other amazing part of this is that we we picked a total of fifteen different items, five each, and nobody has a single vegetable in it. No, why would we do that? That just ruins the meal. Yeah, and Brooke Grimsley, who's not even here, has to weigh in and says, no surprise that Matthew avoids delicious hot fruit pies. Fruit should not be hot. Oh, Why isn't it cold? Cherry pie a la mode? Mm. Apple mm, just pie. Just give me the mode. Just, I'll, just give me the a la mode. Mm, mm, mm. Yep. I, I want a big bowl of mode. So the uh, the votes keep piling up. <laughs> Carrie's in the lead, 45%. Randy's at 41%. And Rocky, no surprise, what? is at 14 Come on! What are you talking about? I got three killer proteins. What do you people want from me? Uh, side. No! No need for a side. Chips and dip are his side. So you, you're Sides going over Here's the thing. You're going to a Memorial Day barbecue on Monday, mm-hmm. okay, at somebody else's house, and your choices are wings and brats and pulled pork sandwiches and chips and dip. Are you saying, man, you really set things up for us. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if I, if I walked out it, it, and course. that was the entire banquet spread... I kind of would be like, hey, listen, little light on the fruits and vegetables, but I wasn't going to eat much of them anyway, so okay. <laughs> I'd be like, really? There's no potato salad? But honestly, I'm not trying. There's, I'm not, I'm not saving any space in my stomach on Memorial Day for potato salad. Yeah. If it gets in there, oh, fine. No, potato but I'm not going in there with a plan to yeah. eat, to like, to like waste any space on potato salad. I, I'm potato taking salad's two fine. spoonfuls of potato salad. Two spoonfuls. Okay, you That's got the Cardinals lot. at Cleveland this weekend. That ought to be fun. We've got an NBA game. Six between the Heat and the Celtics. We've got an NHL game five between the Stars and the the Golden Knights and, and the Indianapolis 500 this weekend, too. Anything you're looking forward St. to? St. Louis City also. Did you make Yeah, that? STL City yep. against Vancouver tomorrow yep. night at City Park. I mean, there's a lot of things to do. I'm, I'm looking forward to Monday. Where you're just going to chill? Where I'm going to sleep. Uh-huh. Good. <laughs> sleep Good. in. Looking forward make to sure that. Make sure you turn your alarm off. Oh, I definitely. Can you sleep yeah. in still? Uh, seven o'clock is sleeping in. I can okay. do that too. Yeah, seven thirty. I'm if I wake up past six thirty, I'm the happiest person in the world. Yeah. Like if I if I, if like tomorrow morning through through Monday morning, if I wake up after six thirty, I'm happy. Yeah, it's it's a rough I have a rough go about it trying to trying to sleep in nowadays. Yeah. Body yeah. is trained. Yeah, uh, Carrie. 
Mike Johnson told us how to make the perfect burger, and I'm going to do it again this week. I'm going to get to. I'm going to go. I'm going to make some things happen this uh, this weekend also. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you folks uh, were taking notes when Mike Johnson was on with us. If you weren't taking notes, you can hear everything in the show today on the 101 ESPN app or at 101ESPN.com, and all of our podcasts brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. How about you, Matthew? What are you, what are you looking forward to this weekend aside from chips and dip? Um, I have a big uh, dinner tonight that I'm going to that I'm very excited for. Um, and mm. yeah, the, what yeah, type of dinner you got? A little, planned. A little anniversary dinner tonight. Oh, uh, okay. yes. tonight on tonight on Friday night. And have you been over to our friends at Diamond Direct here? Yeah. <laughs> not that kind of anniversary. Oh, no, 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 just wondering. <laughs> I'm at 12. Um, no, we got that. And then very relaxing, you know, and, and then obviously a little little Memorial Day celebration probably on Sunday and Monday. Happy anniversary. Thank you very much. Appreciate what it. Is it? Where, what, where are we at here? One year. One year. One year. One year. I'm proud of you. I appreciate it. Yeah. More proud of Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I'm She's not easy to deal with. <laughs> hey, no, no, I don't uh, argue with her. <laughs> great job by our producer, audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. A CD. Get you a fall guy. Hey, we want you to have a great weekend. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Until Monday, Tuesday morning. Tuesday. Yeah, don't do Tuesday it, Randy. Tuesday morning yeah. at 7. We got best of on Monday. Have a great weekend, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.